Hello, everybody. Welcome to the PA Turnpot. This is episode number 39. Can you believe it? 39, one, one away from 40. We're getting old here. Um, on today's episode, uh, we're going to talk about the NBA news and the trade acquisition and rumors before the deadline on February 10th. Next, we'll reminisce over Super Bowl L2. That's right, when the Eagles won the bowl. Next, we'll talk about the all-star news and snubs. Next, the coaching spots in the NFL are being filled. And then Rob and I will review this past weekend's WWE Royal Rumble review, specifically the men's rumble. And then we'll jump right into our top 10 wrestling WWF, WWE, and possibly WCW theme songs, a top 15, excuse me, and maybe an honorable mention as Rob is struggling to come up with 15 exactly. But first, let's take a quick pause and hear us talk about our sponsor over at Anchor. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to the PA Turn Pod, episode number 39, the Brett Myers episode where we fall on our eye getting out of our truck, just like <laughs> Brett Myers. That's a deep cut for anybody out there that watches the Phillies. Um, joined by Joel, as always, I am Rob. Uh, how are you today, sir? Oh, man. Uh, I'm in a better mood now. Uh, I'm more excited for the end of the show. And not because I don't, you know, want to do the show. It's just, this is probably one of the best top tens we've ever done. This is and, my favorite one. And it's and, so silly. And we can honestly do an entire episode just based off of this one top 10 that became now 15. That might be 25 by the end of this entire okay. thing. So just for but, the interest uh, of full disclosure, yeah, you heard it on the rundown, but Joel and I, so I realized I have Peacock for free with my Comcast or Xfinity thing. And I always watch the Royal Rumble every year. So we watched it in different places, but we watched it at the same time and we we're texting back and forth. And that, um, that brought up the idea for a top 10 list later, which turned into a top 15 of uh, favorite theme songs from wrestling. Well, top 15 for me, you might have like a top 24. So I, I, I capped it at 15 with a tie for one of the spots. So 16, I cut off a bunch that I'll let, I'll let you know about later and a couple I forgot. So, as your friends are currently texting you at yes. the middle of this podcast, reminding you of others. I have a Snapchat group. It's called Shit Grandma Says, and it's just me and my four buddies. <laughs> and I text them. I was like, guys, I need suggestions. We have a top 10 on the podcast later. And they just ran through a bunch of ones I forgot. A couple of them that I did have, because they're like me. They, so my list is probably going to be more throwback, whereas yours might be a little bit more modern. Yeah. But they're kind of like me where they had older stuff too. And I was like, oh my God, how did I forget these? And then I text uh, another one of my buddies, uh, Joe, and he sent me a couple that I liked. And I had one that I agree with him and then one that I'm going to omit and that you might be upset about. And then a couple that I'll omit that you might be upset about. So I feel like I have a couple on there that are fun. Whatever, we'll jump into it. Yeah, I'm more excited about that than anything else. So we're going to do about 20 seconds of the NBA, 35 <laughs> seconds about the NHL skills competition. We'll talk a little bit about coaching vacancies and then we'll, we'll use the other hour 45 to do our top 10 lists. And... Basically, no. that's how it's going to yeah. go. All right. How are you? Uh, yeah. Other than that, uh, it, earlier was just a rough day. I'm just not going to go into detail, but uh, mental health is a real thing, ladies and gentlemen. Just please be careful out there. Talk to your loved ones and uh, yeah. reach out to that. And uh, fuck Ben Simmons for using that as a crutch. But yeah. as I say that, if he is going through something, please, let's, yeah. you know, let's not harp on him too much. You know, he probably is going through something. But yeah. Mental illness is a serious thing. But yeah, anyway. you're dealing with uh, mental health issues. I'm dealing with scheduled health issues. So, uh, can I read tell? <laughs> I yeah. ask you how you are, but if you're going through that, oh, yeah, never ending, my close. friend. Never ending, my friend. Uh, 
I also screwed up. I made uh, macaroni and cheese earlier, which is one of my favorite new things to make. Yeah. Over the last like year and a half, really almost two years now since COVID's been going on, I've been cooking more because I just I just enjoy it. I don't know why it's like therapeutic in a way. Your and, girlfriend um, also enjoys it. It's like, oh, yeah, she she enjoys shot. it. <laughs> um, yeah, we have a great compromise here. It's it's probably my favorite trade off I've ever made. I cook, she cleans. I'm cool with that. Even though I clean, I obviously we both contribute to both. I clean a little bit after myself as well, but she's cool with doing the dishes. I'm cool with making the food. So, um, but so anybody out there that doesn't believe that a roux is necessary for your macaroni and cheese, cheese sauce, let me tell you, I was like, what the hell am I going to do with like a little bit of flour and some butter? It goes a long freaking way because I, I try to make mac and cheese. The, the macaroni's fine. The bacon's fine. The chicken's fine that I put in there. But when I made the cheese sauce today, and this, uh, for anybody out there, don't want a cranky girlfriend on Valentine's Day. You got a week to figure out how to do this. So I was like, why do I need to just put some butter and some friggin' milk and some, um, oh, wait a second. Oh, we got some breaking news. Whoa. Um, Whoa. The, Col- the Colts are hiring Gus Bradley as their defensive coordinator. So he replaces Matt Everflew, so we'll get to later. So for anybody out there that doesn't think that you need to do a roux first, which is where you just put in some butter and then a little bit of flour, which will evidently thicken up your mac, your mac sauce. It's definitely important because I did it without it the first time. And I thought, no, I'll just use enough cheese to make it thick. No, it comes out way too watery and way too runny. I did the exact same cheese proportion with milk when I did the second time. Yeah. After I dumped out the cheese, a million times better came up, like kind of gooey. Perfect. And then I threw it in the oven. Our schedules lined up a little bit better today, you know, in unfortunate circumstances, but you ran out. I had enough time to make dinner. You got home right as we were finishing dinner or right as dinner was finished. So timing worked out well. And then I stepped in my dog's poop, um, turning on the light. <laughs> I took my plate to the living room or my bowl to the living room. And I went to turn on the light and I, I grazed Hazel's poop on the floor. So needless to say, it's been <laughs> quite the tumultuous day. <laughs> uh, oh my goodness. But I am recording the NHL skills competition because I'm thrilled to watch that later. Oh, breaking news. Apparently, Anthony Lynn is being hired as the assistant head coach of the San Francisco 49ers. Oh, I like that. Look at that. That's bravo. That's a, yeah. Oh, Shannon, and they, days are numbered, buddy. And they have D'Amico Ryans as a DC mm-hmm. on the upswing there. Honestly, anybody with experience helps. The Eagles should hire as many experienced assistants as they can find. Vic Fangio. Give me Vic Fangio. We've said it a million times to each other, never on the pod. I want Gannon to get hired literally anywhere so they can hire Vic Fangio. Um, also for full uh, transparency, you and I talk exclusively a lot about this. We talk about Fangio more than we talk about our families. Yeah, right. And also anything that is being said on this podcast usually comes to fruition in some way moments after, a week after, within, <laughs> like it always happens. So Vic Banjo will be an eagle. I mean, we said it at this point because we talked about Peterson last episode and yes. then immediately after he got tired, <laughs> <laughs> like three hours after, as I was editing, yeah. I just see it breaking. Like you gotta be fucking kidding me. Literally went downstairs as soon as we finished recording <laughs> and I'm, I made chicken patties last night, like homemade chicken patties. I had them. I marinated delicious, them. By the way, I saw. Thank you. Delicious. I, uh, I marinated them when I got home and then I jumped on, did the pie and then I went downstairs, breaded them and fried them literally as I was frying them. I, I, I don't have my phone on me because it's like off to the side. I see a notification. Um, Trevor Lawrence has already spoken to new head coach, Doug Peterson. I'm like, God, oh, Christ, I missed like four before this. 
And I was like, oh, snap. And then we found the uh, the Doug Peterson is all elite meme. <laughs> yes. So I thought it was pretty funny. <laughs> AEW. Oh, and they're going to be out tonight as well. So it should be fun. Hopefully um, you recorded it. Oh, dude. Hopefully this hour, <laughs> this doesn't go three hours long. I can watch well, it. What time is that on? 10 p.m. Eastern. So okay, we'll hours. get out of here by 10. Um, if you want me to, I can record it on my Xfinity since you use my login. And then it'll be on there from start to finish if you want. Please. But I think I, I will, have to be... I'll do that right I can do that right now. It has to be home, though. It, has, it says I have to be on the home Wi-Fi. Really? To watch a recording? I don't know about watching recordings, but like to watch certain live events. Well, if it's recorded, you might be fine. All right. That's Let me try. It, it doesn't hurt to try. But... Uh, um. Yeah, dude, it's just been a whirlwind of 24 hours since we recorded. Just a lot of things have broken. We were worried. You, I think, said on the podcast, right, as we were closing it off, <laughs> that we might not we have a lot about? to talk about, but <laughs> we'll see you tomorrow. And then Wait. everything just hit. It's happening right, right this second. Oh, my goodness. The opening ceremony for the Olympics is going on right now. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I forgot that the 2020 Olympics got pushed back a year. That is right. Oh, my God. Today's Was it on TNT forward. tonight? It's on uh, Peacock. I'm talking about the uh, so, uh, uh, TBS, I believe. TBS I'm going to record TNT. this just in case. It's on TNT. All right, so Dynamite is on TBS. Rampage is on TNT. But uh, a lot of things is broken over the uh, the week. Like I did the rundown 3 a.m. yesterday or this morning, honestly. And it was titled NBA Quick Hits. I literally had Kawhi Leonard and maybe one other news. I think it was the Danny Green news, and that was it. And then all of a sudden, in a matter of 12 hours, we have a lot to talk about. Uh, well, first, Kawhi Leonard of the Clippers, knee injury. Uh, quote, unlikely to return this season per Coach Lou. How do we feel about that? Was he ever going to come back? I, I think at like- this point, it felt like it went on so long that – What do you think? Because I I have some thoughts about it. I I think it went on so long that it was like. I didn't know he uh, was out for a knee injury, but I didn't know the extent of it. But I feel like I haven't seen him since the beginning of the year of the NBA season. It will happen last season, right? Damn. I I honestly don't remember. I don't remember seeing him this season. I knew he was on the shelf. This just reminds me shades of San Antonio all over again. It kind of does, doesn't it? The team might be clearing him. But he's like, no, because his doctors, and it's just like no communication because he's quiet. Yeah. And then Paul George has also been MIA, but Tyrone Lou or Ty Lou, whatever. Yeah, good for has him. Has been doing great. They're doing with a, what a he lot has. with a little. And then they made a big move today that we'll get into later. That's a little teaser for you guys in the business. A little tease right there. The Clippers did a big move for the quote unquote win now move, which mm. I don't even get because that was ridiculous. But who's winning now with that move? They hosed the Blazers. We'll get to that one later on. But uh, for um, by the way, yeah. Do you want to play a quick game of what team does this player play for? Sure. What team does Demarcus Cousins currently play for? Because this surprised me when I saw this. I was on Twitter. I'm sorry, Google just now. I was looking up, trying to find a little bit out about um, Kawhi Leonard, and. For some it. reason, Demarcus Cousins came up as one of like the like the related searches. So I clicked. I was like, "Oh, he's not in the league, is he?" Demar- what team is it? Eastern or Western? Uh, Western. He was on a different team this year in the East. He was on Milwaukee at one point for seventeen games. 
He is on. This is going to surprise you, dude, because it shocked the crap out of me. He's playing 12 minutes a night, averaging. He's on the Jazz. Uh, six points. No, you're really close, though. Oh, he's on uh, no, Denver. He's on the Nuggies. Yes. Where did that come from? I don't know. Where, why, I love the sign. I love anybody that is willing to use him as a backup. I feel like he'd be awesome here if they didn't already have Drummond. He's also but, a big bully guy, too, when he needs it. The oh, most. yeah. One of my favorite things that anybody's ever said on the basketball court, and I was, re- I was really thinking about this the other night mm-hmm. because I sent you that video of the guy on Twitter that was trying to bully a kid and the ki- and then got knocked the heck out. Oh, um, yeah. So I remember Zach Randolph was in, uh, there was somebody who was at the free throw line and Cousins was talking oh. smack and Randolph was just like, no, where I'm from, the bullies get bullied. And that's like my favorite line of all time. That's because Randolph looked him like dead in the eye and was just like, I'll fucking kill you. You don't talk to, you don't talk, see, when Zebo speaks, Zebo is one of my favorite players, man. Jesus Christ! We at, at some point we're gonna we're gonna pay tribute to that grit and grind Grizzlies crew. Conley, Gasol, probably my favorite non Sixers team of all time. They would, when they would be there, but never over the hump. But they were just always like you knew you were gonna get your butt kicked every night, and you were gonna have to grind it out and win. I remember. Yoker, this is a little right? throwback. What's up? Yoger? It was. That- I think it was Dave Yoger, and well, Fisdale was there too. Um, Fisdale took over and then said, you know, take that for data. I think you're right. I think it was Dave Yeager. Um, if not, I just remember whenever, cause I was so into basketball and I got your niece into basketball around the same time and we used to hang out on weeknights all the time. And the same teams would always be the second game on the ESPN. It would always be like the Clippers, the Spurs, the Lakers, and then the Grizzlies. I remember they beat the Clippers in LA the one time and Mark Gasol hit the three from the corner and did the McGregor walk. <laughs> and I was this just like, man. dude, how do you not, how do you not like love this team? It was Dave uh, Yeager. Uh, I thought so. From 2013 to 2016. Then he got fired for Fisdale, right? Uh, can't confirm or deny that, but I'm pretty sure it was Fisdale. That's crazy. Source, trust me, bro. But those, those grit and grind Grizzlies were awesome. Um, how do we get there? Oh, um, so yeah, Kawhi Leonard, <laughs> Kawhi unlikely Leonard. to return this season. Um, I mean, shades of shades of San, San Antonio. I think you're right. Um, yeah, I think it's not jump. working out either. So, do you want to do that trade now, or do you want to do it when we get to the trading portion of this? I think we should just jump through these random things, and then we'll talk about the trade deadline in a moment. Yeah, let's just do that. Okay. So, next up on the agenda, LeBron James reportedly wants to play with Bronny. Aww. Who is his son, of course, LeBron James Jr. This is according to LakersDaily.com. It's not just some blogger in his mom's basement. There are some sources here. Um, I'll read some quotes for you. I gathered these earlier. Um, this is from Chris Sheridan, who I think used to work for either ESPN or the Athletic or something. He works now with Maxim Bet. So he, he's a, at least somebody you can kind of trust. Yeah. Um, now, this is not something that's new. This has been reported before, but I think we finally have some more. Like, this might have some legs. Uh, to quote Chris Sheridan, it makes sense on so many levels to assume that LeBron will spend the remainder of this season and all of next season with the Lakers so that he can be close to his son all the way through high school. Uh, that was one statement. And then later on, he goes, but after June of 2023 has, so I'm sorry, but after June of 2023 has come and gone, um, then that's when his contract will have expired. There could be a new destination on James's landscape provided he has not already switched teams prior to that in order to increase his chances of winning another title, which is also another weird thing. There's a suggestion that he might get traded between now and then. Um, 
That is a lot. And then this is Brian Windhorst. Um, LeBron likes LA. He likes raising his family in LA. And he's made it, but, but he's made it clear that he wants to play with his son. If that situation is available outside of Los Angeles, he will pursue it. Now, Windhorst, I believe, had Chris Sheridan on his podcast, and that's where this uh, information came. So what do you make of this? Um, it's not surprising because he has said it, and there yeah. were rumblings, like as you said. Um, it's a little disturbing because now shareholders and all the stocks and people who are like LeBron fans don't really care because they'll follow LeBron wherever they – for those Laker fans, those fake Laker fans – should be trembling in their boots because this team is putrid right now. LeBron leaves, and if it is crazy enough that he leaves by February 10th to secure himself to play with Bronny in the future, watch out. Um, ah, it's a, it is what it is. Like He's the king. He can do whatever he wants. If he wants to go, I just don't want him to go to a market and then just decimate the team that's already in place, a la what he did when he came back to Cleveland and just keeping Kyrie, but taking what out. What he did in L.A. as well. That took out Wiggins and took out uh, Dion. Dion Waiters. That crew was pretty good. Got rid of them to bring in Kevin Love and this old crew of people. I mean, this is what LeBron does, and he did it in LA, like you said, because there was a young core group. Yeah, yeah Lonzo gone, now. Ingram gone, Josh Hart gone. Um, Kid from uh, the Jazz, Clarkson. Clarkson gone. You're right. Yeah. Kuzma. Kuz. Eventually. Well, Kuz was pretty good for them down the stretch, and the year they won the title, I thought he was a good third yeah. player. But um, I get you got to go all in. Yeah, you got to go all in it for Davis. I was thinking about this actually when I was listening to our podcast from yesterday mm-hmm. when we brought up the Davis thing. It was like they kind of had to do it and it was inevitable. But this is also like blatant tampering. Although I don't even know if it's if that is tampering because it's not like he's tampering with any teams because he doesn't know what team this kid's going to go to. I do have a thought, and this really is really more like pick, right. I, I, I if LeBron's going to go to the team that he go that he gets drafted to, that's another aspect to it. Um. I do have one tinfoil hat thing I want to say. Yeah. Do you think this is why the Oklahoma City Thunder have been accruing all these picks the last few years during their their blatant tank that is not being treated the same as as Hankies was? Do you think they're playing the long game and thinking, hey, their window maybe will open a little bit sooner because they have a good core in place right now, but they have all these draft picks and they can cash them all in and move up in the draft to get the number two or three pick or even the number one pick if that's what it takes to get LeBron James Jr. and then pair him with his dad. I don't know if he's as good as the number one pick, but I mean, given what will happen if he goes to a certain team, if a team knows they're going to get LeBron at like the twilight of his career, sell tickets. Um, I just wonder what team it'll be. I mean, I can, I can see something. There's something there with uh, the GM, Sam Presti. I mean, he's one of the best in the business, him and the one in uh, Toronto. Jerry, um, Masayu Jerry, yeah, like and Sachin Gupta, who's now in Minnesota, and Daryl Morey. Daryl Morey, take away from point. him, but he he does those big moves, those big trade moves, and he's trying to get hardened. That is the rumor now. All of a sudden, yeah. Morey's very good at spot. also filling out the fringes, though. He he did a great job in Houston of filling out the roster with guys that people didn't really know about, like Daniel House. Uh, he gave Ben McLemore another shot. Like he's very good at finding guys. I mean, he also, I'm pretty sure, wasn't he the one that signed Christian Wood? I, um, so. I can't remember. He was here, I think. But either either way, he went all in for Howard at one at point. Capella at one point. Yeah, Capella was like a, a late first-round pick. Pretty sure he got drafted the same year Embiid got drafted. 
Capella and um, Jokic both went late, and Nurkic. Um, but yeah, there's something there. I I would I wouldn't be surprised. Okay, see, because they they're notorious for something like this. Yeah. And you're right; they don't get the same uh, publicity as Sam Hinkie did with the blatant tent. Uh, yeah, see, that's what bothers me. It's because it's not a huge market, and it's not like, and they had less to work. They had more to work with than what the Sixers did. But it's not Sixers, gonna, yeah, go ahead. I mean, was like Sixers like three best players were Evan Turner, Spencer Hawes, and Thaddeus Young. I mean, and Drew Holiday, if you want to count him too. The Thunder had Chris Paul, and they also had like some. They they had like real players in place. Yeah, I mean, this team plays, but the thing I think the difference was from this uh, OKC team from the then tanking Sixers team is this OKC team plays hard every night, and they so do the Sixers though. They look like they're what, and they're beating teams. And Sam, yeah. uh, Giddy, what, 19? This kid's pretty special. You got uh, Gregorius, almost like baseball Shea player. Shea Gilgis-Alexander, yeah. Yeah, Dort, who's... Oh, Dort don't stinks. Get me started. Don't get I, don't think me he's started. A, I don't think he's good. He's decent for threes, but then when you put his a name, away, he kills you. His name, his is name suggests how he is as a player, just Dort. Just like there's nothing there. But, I mean, they have some talent, some young core group yeah. that are meshing, and they have a ton of stock in the... Uh, yeah, pick so they that's the big thing. Moves. They said, so I don't want to turn this into a, a, a screw Adam Silver thing, but <laughs> it, the, the Sixers, I guess, because they were so open about it, the Thunder just kind of like, Hey, we're just going to trade guys away and like kind of suck for a little bit. Sixers, like, Yeah, we're going to be like bad, and uh, it's cool for bad. I think it's out of the market. H- and Hickey knew that the only way to get stars was in the top five in the draft. You, nobody, they were never going to sign a Durant. They were never going to get hard. They were never going to get a LeBron. The only way to get stars is by drafting them. Look at the Thunder, you know, way back. They drafted Harden. They drafted Durant. They drafted Westbrook. Um, you know, there's occasionally you can go out and get guys. Like, you can go out and trade for Kobe Bryant on draft night and sign Shaquille O'Neal. You can draft a Tim Duncan and then draft, you know, Kawhi Leonard. Like, th- these teams... There's really a couple different formulas to winning in the NBA, but I think the only way you win through free agency is if you get the big fish. And in order to get the big fish, you have to have something attractive. Mm-hmm. Whether it's the the fact that you're Miami and you are you are Miami, and there's no uh, income tax, and it's a beautiful place, or you're LA or you you're New York. Nobody's coming to Philly because it's Philly. Well, apparently James Harden wants to come to Philly because it's Philly. That's because you have cheerleaders, daydreams, Delilahs, all these different gentlemen's clubs, uh, all near the state. Uh, John, all these jumpers. <laughs> Buffalo Wild Wings. Um, oh my goodness! And we have the second most famous groundhog in Pennsylvania. Shut the fuck up! I'm sorry, but I'm on Twitter here on the side screen. <laughs> Apparently, there's a screenshot. Roman Reigns is on the left. Goldberg is on the right. So they're doing a program for. Goldberg is going for the title on the next pay per view. Oh. The only guy that is a worse talker than Reigns. Um, That's either so the, before or after he bangs his head on a, on a door before he makes his entrance. I forgot Goldberg in my list later. Um, so, just a couple more things. We'll clean up a little bit of the uh, around the NBA. Um, this is according to Brian Windhorst on his podcast, The Hoop Collective. Oh, I'm sorry. No, this is according to Tim McMahon, who was on Windhorst's podcast. Um, Donovan Mitchell's relationship with Rudy Gobert is back to being, uh, quote unquote, passively aggressively awkward. <laughs> there is some drama here. Uh, another quote this is from Winhorst Gobert and Mitchell. 
she'll have been at each other's, I don't know if I can say throats. And then he kind of just, you know, he's suggesting they're kind of like at ends with one another. And then um, this is also Winhorst. It's the most underplayed story in the league. I think anyway, the jazz are struggling a lot. This team has big expectations and they're getting passed by. Frankly, they are not on the level that they were a year ago. Donovan and Gobert, even though they're both under long-term contract, that's the bad part about printing it out, <laughs> are under each other's skin. There's all kinds of subtweeting and passive-aggressive stuff going on. If these guys played for the Knicks or the Nets, or that's a typo, if these guys played for the Knicks or Nets or even the Suns or something, Stephen A. Smith would be talking about this on first take because it is two all-star level players. Now, what do you make of this? Well, he's a snake in the grass for throwing a plug in for his own company, ESPN, and Stephen A. Yes, scumbag. Why didn't I you... can't stand one horse. Bro, I, I, win horse is on my poop list. I cannot stand that guy. Who can't you stand? Windhorst or uh, Matt Patricia? That's a throwback for the longtime listeners. Windhorst, because Patricia delivered a championship to Billy. <laughs> True. I also, I, I'm going to see if I can find my, I have a quote on here. I, I mean, did you delete, did you delete my thing about Windhorst guzzling LeBron's balls? Oh, no. I was waiting for you to say it. I was dying. Oh, did I miss it? Yeah, you went over it. I see it right here. Um, it, the quote was, LeBron likes L.A. He likes raising his family in L.A., said ESPN's Brian Windhorst, presumably Wolf. <laughs> oh, there. <laughs> I can't even say it. I missed it. Uh, LeBron likes over LA. your own quote. <laughs> yeah. Well, I saw the parentheses, and I figured I didn't have to read it. LeBron likes LA. He likes raising his family in LA, said ESPN's Brian Windhorst, presumably whilst fondling LeBron, LeBron's balls. I was waiting for you. didn't say it. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> I thought you deleted it by chance. No, I would but, never. But, uh, yeah, Windhorst stinks. Uh, what do you make of the uh, the Gobert Mitchell thing? Because it, it did, the genesis of it, I think, is the COVID thing where I was know, just going to say that. Where Gobert touched all the microphones and then Mitchell got sick. Yeah, because Gobert was basically the poster child for shut for the NBA shutting down because he got COVID, and then that game got canceled right before, and then the league basically just shut down within days. Yeah. And there's a picture of Gobert, I think, kissing uh, Mitchell on the well, on the head he, while he, he like was on. Touched his head too, didn't he? Yeah. This is like now oh, th- this COVID, is COVID. in fairness that we have learned that you know the this is not a freaking science pod. Sure. It's far from it, but the, you know the. The virus doesn't really like live on surfaces for more than like a second anyway. And he touched all the microphones and people got pissed off. Gobert was unfairly criticized for it, uh, his lackadaisical nature, maybe toward it, maybe. But he was unfairly criticized as if he was the first person to ever have the season and he is the reason the NBA shut down. I mean, after the fact, now that we know what this yeah. is. Yeah, I thought it was silly it early on. If it was just everyone's just doing it out of precaution and scared because it was just like, what's going on? I was worried that COVID was like a, like a plague kind of thing early on. True. I was I literally the night the NBA shut down when Gobert had COVID and then they, they basically shut down the NBA. Yeah. Um, I was sitting at, um, at uh, your niece's house, her parents' house anyway, and we were watching TV and I was Googling the disaster draft in the NBA. And I learned that you can protect six players and that if a team has four or more players die, they get to do a disaster draft and they get to draft players off other teams and you can only protect, I think it's either six or five players. So I was like, all right, well, who, who, who would I protect here? I mean, I'm obviously <laughs> going to protect Embiid. I'm obviously going to protect this guy. 25. <laughs> yeah, I would have left Horford and Richardson available, though. Oh, I was I like, I'll keep Thibel. I'll keep Shake. Um, yeah, what a weird time period. Um, there were I, rumors a few weeks ago. I'm sorry. 
Well, no, I only bring up the whole COVID part with uh, Gobert is because who knows what their relationship was then. They were probably cool, cooler than they are now. But what they were having, you know, some issues, and that was just Gobert's way of trying to like publicly be like, "Come on, buddy, like you know, let's just try to put water under the bridge." But who knows? Apparently, if this you know quote and report is true from Windhorse and others, this could be a trade deadline situation. And there's rumors we might get to it later. Yeah. That Mitchell might hit to the Knicks. The Knicks yeah. are a point guard away, apparently, for being a top team in the in the, the East. The Knicks are the new, like New York Rangers, where every time a big player becomes available, they think that they're gonna get them. Like the Rangers went through a cut. This is a weird cross sports reference and one that's gonna go right over your head, unfortunately. Who are the Rangers? But the Rangers, the Rangers, Rangers went like five years in a row. They got Wade Red in the one year, then they got Marion Gabrick, then they got Rick Nash, and they got Martin St. Louis. Ah, and now they have Artemi Panarin. Like they, they just go after every big fish. Every time a big player becomes available, it's like, oh, the Knicks might be interested in, a, in this guy, or the Knicks might be interested in this guy. Like oh, Simmons to the next, LeBron to the next. Um, it was all, it's LeBron's all weird. I, I don't think there's any, there's not enough basketballs to make that team happy if he goes there, unless they get rid of Kemba and Julius Randle at the same time. Not that ego as well, because I mean they yeah. had Lynn Sanity and they threw him away because of that Rowan because of like, yeah Mello. That was a fun Knicks team. It was. Lynn Sanity, J.R. Smith, Schumbert, um, Mello. They had um well, who was the guy that got stabbed? Chris Copeland. Um <laughs> Jason Kidd was, <laughs> was like Dude, a, that was an the, assistant coach, wasn't he? Like I'm not and they had uh Mr. Potato Head was the the head um what was that guy's name? <laughs> Woodson, maybe? Um oh, what the heck the, was that guy's name? The goatee with the yeah, the beard. He looked like Steve Harvey, Mr. Potato. Yes, yes. Wasn't he what on the, the Hawks is- at one point? He might have been. I forget that guy's name. I think Didn't it was his Woodson. eyebrows were shaved off. <laughs> uh, yeah, but they did. Yeah, they they're the guy that got stabbed. They had J.R. Smith and his brother. They had Kenyon Martin somehow. Pretty sure they had Camby again. Mike Woodson. Mike Woodson. Okay, I thought, thought so. What a fun team! That, that like 2012-13 next team was like awesome. Seen they had Amari Stoudemire. Yeah, that was the big ticket right there. Yeah, uh, no, no, not the actual big ticket, but you know what not I mean. the big ticket overrated Kevin Garnett. Yeah. Um. That was the first time when I saw that Lynn Sanity and that whole group. I'm like, I would not mind spending X amount of money to go to the garden. That seems like a fun atmosphere with Lynn Sanity. So, so I, I think that was so that was 2012, right? I think be. because be. I remember the Sixers. That was the lockout year that they started like right around Christmas, and I remember that was a year the Sixers were the seventh seed in the East, and they or the eight seed, and they beat the uh, the what's it called it's in the first round, uh, the Bulls. I was kind of into basketball, but not too much. And one Saturday I was scrolling through Facebook and there were like so many people talking about Jeremy Lin. And I'm like, who is this? Like, is this an actor or something? And I Google his name and it's like, no, this like this like kid from Harvard is like blowing up the NBA right now. Yeah, right. Lin Sanity is probably like one of the top five eras of modern NBA. Actually, it was uh, 10 years ago to the day. So it was the 11-12 season. Yeah. And it was uh, he came off the bench with only six minutes left in the action, and oh, they, that's his first game. The they had Novak too. They had Steve Novak. What an amazing! Didn't they have, didn't they have uh, What a great team. Noah at one point. Uh, I think they got Noah. Yeah, later on. Well, not not yet. They maxed him when the uh, the CBA changed. When you type in Lynn Sanity on Google, it's Jeremy Lynn. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, of course, as it should be. That's great. What a fun time. Apparently there's a documentary out on ESPN on Lynn Sanity. And how it was ruined by Carmelo Anthony. 
where he speaks on it too. Um, and then Lynn tried to make it work in Houston, LA, and um, good for him. He got a he got a ring in um, in Toronto. Yeah, right. Was he with Memphis? He was with another Western Conference team. He he kind of bounced around a little bit. Yeah, now he's out of the league, unfortunately. I would have happily taken him here for a cup of coffee. It's a, especially during the process. You kidding me? Reminds me of like a TJ McConnell, less grip. But yeah, just like made it work. He was a great shooter. And he, he it's amazing he wasn't tricky. in the league. Yeah. Um. So we have our first trade deadline move. Uh, what are we about ten days from the deadline? I think. Uh, or actually, no, we might be eight days from. The, I think it's Super Bowl Sunday is the deadline, isn't it? Uh, whatever this is, six. Six. Okay. <laughs> six days away. Oh, it's the tenth. If it's on, if it's on the tenth, let me double check that. But that's what I've been reading. So while you're researching that, the Clippers have traded for Norman Powell and Robert Covington from the Blazers. They have traded Eric Bledsoe, Justice Winslow, Keon Johnson, and a 2025 second round pick via the Pistons. Um, as Joel mentioned earlier, this is a Clippers move to win now. Supposedly, I don't know. How soon that really – with Covington and Powell really moving the needle that much? Now they only if, have one point guard on the roster. That's if Kawhi was on the court and PG-13, but they're both not what's on the wrong court. With, what's wrong with PG? I don't know. And it is He's February, been out for a few days now. Yeah, it's Thursday, February 10th, so. Okay, so it's Super Bowl week. Uh, the NHL trading deadline is coming up soon as well, um, which is usually a little bit more eventful. Now, now, here's a question for you. Do you think the Clippers go out and get another point guard? Because right now, they all they to. really have, all they have is Reggie Jackson, unless somebody else is going to bring the ball up. Schroeder? Schroeder? What's he, he's on the, he's, he's going to get paid this offseason. He's got himself a nice little payday coming up. I mean, it worked he was out, the, but he had a he was payday. Also, he stayed with the LA Lakers. He was the, he was the genesis of our WNL um, segment <laughs> that we came up with. So when we first began the pod, we came up with this idea. Um, to do like a W of the week and an L of the week or like our three stars of the week. And the example for L of the week was Schroeder turning down the contract and thinking he's going to get paid more. Um, LA Clippers star forward uh, Paul George is still a few weeks away from returning to the court. On Christmas, the team announced that George has sustained an elbow injury that will be reevaluated in three to four weeks. So uh, he is due to return soon, but he's dealing with an elbow injury apparently. So they list... They list Norman Powell as a point guard, although I really don't think – I really don't view him as a point guard. I view him as more of like a two or a three. And just let me look at his statistics real quick. His assist numbers, he's never averaged more than 2.1 assists per season, so – per game in a season. So I, I guess he's going to be – I guess he'll be the secondary ball handler. But I'm also looking at this team, and I'm not really blown away by anybody on it. Covington is also listed as a forward slash center, which is – I know he played a little center as a small ball guy for Houston when they got him, but he's not that good of a rebounder. Uh, well, actually, apparently he was there. Eight rebounds a game. That's nuts. But I, I just don't, I, I question the fit. I mean, they have enough forwards already. They have Marcus Morris. They have Zubats. They have um, yeah, they have enough guys. I don't know why they made this trade. Powell is, I think, the best player in the trade. But just because you get the best player in the trade doesn't mean he made a good trade. I like Justice Winslow's length. Keon Johnson, I think, has a little bit of a bright future. Bledsoe is what he is. But trading a draft pick four, three years out is not that big of a deal. But, I mean, I think they could have used these assets to get something a little better. Um, and I mean, they do get defense in Covington and a streaky three-point shooter here and there to stretch the floor. Yeah. A bit. But I think the Blazers got a hose on this one. 
Covington's been around the league a million times now. He's been on the Wolves. He's been on the Sixers. Journeyman. He was with he was with the Blazers. He was with um. Uh, who was it before? He was with the Rockets before the Sixers. He's been around the league a few times now. I like this game here. I actually have a Cub jersey in my closet. I uh, he was like the original like guy who the process made into a player. Because if you remember the uh, the well, I don't know how many people remember this without alcohol being tied to it. But watching the 14, 15 Sixers, they signed him off of um out of the G League from the the Rockets like a month into the season. And in his first game, he had a couple of threes. And all of a sudden, like he was just like this great three-point shooter. He was like, so the Sixers during the process didn't really have anybody that could shoot or anybody that could dribble. And he f- at least was able to shoot. So and they have he Michael was like Carter Williams on that team as well. Michael yeah, Carter MCW Williams. couldn't really shoot. Let me look at this list. Let me look at this list real quick. Fun, fun. Um, <gasps> Dude, do you think... Sorry, but if you're talking about this 2014-2015 Sixers roster... There's a lot of bad names on it. Dude, they have Michael Carter-Williams, Covington, obviously. Tony Roden. Did you know they had Jeremy Grant? Yeah. Rookie? He was drafted, He was drafted. I'm pretty sure, 39th overall, which is why we're 39. So they came out of that draft with Embiid, Sharich... Um, JaVale McGee. KJ oh McDaniels. And yeah, uh, I think he played like three games here. Nerland was here. Yep. Ish uh, they Smith was here. My buddy, Henry Sims. Henry Sims, I say. Furkan Aldemir. Glenn Robinson the third. Yep. Before he became a player, they had um, Hollis Thompson shooting forty percent from three. They had uh, they they traded for Isaiah Cannon halfway through the season. Brooklyn Aldemir, there you go. Yeah. I was a big Tony Roden guy. Jakar Samson. I mean, this is a lot. Samson. Samson looked like a homeless LeBron, and he was a four in college. He played the one here. <laughs> Yay! They, they had Casper Ware. They had Brandon Davies. Uh, Arnett Moultrie, um, Jarvis Barnado. There were a lot of random guys on that team. This is a game. All right, side note. This is a game changer. Having Twitter open on the side. Yeah. Pro Football Talk is now breaking that. <laughs> we learned today that a supposedly independent investigation aimed at irredicting, irredicting, I can't speak, sexual harassment in the Washington Commander's workplace. Days into being now the Washington Commanders, they are getting smacked around with a sexual harassment. They should be the Washington consenters. Holding wrongdoers accountable was actually an exercise in crafting a defense against possible lawsuits. Let that sink in. So, oh my goodness. All I'm going to say is we're we're not here to talk about 2010. (laughs) Fuck Rory words. Rocky words. Rocky words. Stupid name. Um, So do you... um, So two more... um, like rumors that I saw today, um, executives around the league believe the two wizards that are most likely to be traded are Montrez Harrell and Davis Bertans. Two That's guys that I think could, they could probably get something good for both of those guys. I was I was expecting either Beal or uh, Kuzma if they're really going to try to do a complete rehaul rebuild. So if they're going to rebuild, for sure, because then you can sell high on Kuzma. Yeah. I, I wonder a little bit. So I'm a little worried about Beal and Lillard. I wonder how much is left in there for both of those guys because they have seemingly taking a little bit of a step backwards and I, i'm actually not as interested in lillard as i was before same 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 and beal i mean i don't want beal to be like the main thing they come away with like at this point if harden is the rumor you get harden you don't turn down the chance to get the third best shooting guard of all time yeah right um, um do you think the Montreal's Harold is because of his recent behavior i guess his play i mean he is one of those like like one of the morris twins on the court 
where it's like physical and he doesn't really back down. He's more like, like in hockey, right? You, you bring out the goon. He's solely there to take out either one of your best players or someone just start a fight. Do you think they're getting rid of Harold because of all this nonsense that he's going on? I think he almost took off Giannis's arm the other yeah. day, which is craziness. <laughs> I mean, that could be the reason. I think teams will see the value in him because they'll see what he was in Houston and they'll see what he was in Los Angeles before he went to the Lakers. He was a really valuable bench player. The, the concern with players like him that can't shoot and can't really get to the line unless they're fouling you on purpose because he's a bad shooter yeah. is that the only way he's going to be useful is if he's rebounding and he's playing hard, which is what he's used to doing. Reminds me a lot of Kenneth Fareed, where he's like kind of an undersized wow. five. And he is just like a tenacious rebounder. And when he's giving effort, I think he's a really useful player. The problem is I think a guy like him can get played off the floor in the playoffs. Um, So you have to use him sparingly, but I can see him fitting very well as like a backup five for a team. I mean, honestly, if they didn't have cousins, the nuggets would make sense for him. And if the Sixers didn't have Drummond, I would love him here. Um, But I could see him going to a team like Brooklyn. I can see Brooklyn. Especially if they're still trying to put together this like team of monsters. Yeah, right. Uh, I mean, and Bertans. I don't know. And, and they were in trade talks with getting Beal out of here, so it looked like they were going to get something out of it. Yeah. Um, don't sleep on Bertans as a player either. What was that? Don't sleep on Thomas Bertans as a player. He's a good role player. He could be a stretch four next to your five. A team like the Sixers would benefit from him. I don't know how they would go about getting him. I don't think they will. But I think a team that has a five that is not really a floor spacer and they have a good distributor at the one could benefit from him. So, I mean... Do you think it's a a dual package? You can't get one without the other? Or is it, like, two separate? I think they're both likely to be moved separately. Um, I could see Harrell going to, honestly, anywhere. Cleveland could be a good spot for him, too. Uh, Bertans... Maybe the Clippers get them. I don't know. Uh, they don't, how many Europeans do they have in Atlanta? I know there's a max that you can have on the team. What's it, three? Bogdanovich. So they would have to trade Bogdanovich or Gallinari to get him. Gallinari and Bertans might also be the same person. Um, <laughs> and then this other one, yeah. Um, the, the Pelicans are aggressively pursuing guard help, and they are aiming for the moon because they're looking for C.J. McCollum, De'Aaron Fox, or Eric Gordon. This is according to Brian Windhorst. What moon is this? Um. Well, Gordon is not necessarily a moon. He's one of the Saturn's moons. But C.J. McCollum or De'Aaron Fox would be a big get for them. Um, also, for what it's worth, the Knicks have been tied to De'Aaron Fox. Yeah. The Knicks, um, the the proposed idea is just trading Randall for him one for one. Really? Because it would make sense for both teams. Is Randall's relationship that bad in New York? Like, Jesus. I'm Last not sure. Year, what... he was beloved. And then all of yeah, a sudden, he was... he's just being spoken out because he has a right to clap back on the fans. but. The way he did it, I guess not great. Cause they cause the fans they paid to see. Yeah. They paid. They can do what they want, but not obviously to an to a line because we saw in person what happened with the Sixers and Mellow. But uh the fans, you know, yeah, paid. True. you can do your thing, but don't shush the fans. It's I mean, like he was basically the, it's are the Knicks and the Mets the same team? Is this what's going on here? They it's crazy how similar they are and how similar <laughs> like the Flyers and the Phillies are. Oh and like how the angels and the Clippers are kind of similar where like teams just do the same thing in the same city. Like the Mets, they were, they would boo or shush the fans for doing anything great. And oh then Randall God, basically so shushed the fans for anything great that he did. Like, how did we not on. ask to about that? When we had him on. 
we had so much to cover. You know what I forgot to ask him about was that guy at the the nine eleven baseball game that had a half Yankees jersey and a half Mets jersey on. <laughs> I meant to ask him about that and I forgot. That was one of my L's. It was so. It was. <laughs> yeah, and during that segment, I remember going, "Oh, I don't even know how to speak on that. Like, we got to get the grope back on." Subway series, and he's just in there like confused, <laughs> befuddled. Didn't Rich, if you're that. listening, if you're one of our twelve listeners, please come back on. <laughs> we have a lot to clean up. <laughs> right. Um, and then this is your thing. I was surprised Daniel Richard Green had a serious XM show too. Um, Who knew? But apparently he does. I knew he had a podcast. I didn't know he had a show. Is that why he re-signed with the, <laughs> with the Sixers? Because he didn't want to leave his show? Well, he announced on his podcast um, that he was going to the Lakers when he did. Like after he won the championship with Toronto, he announced it on his pod. I mean, he was a, he was a champion. And then you're playing with LeBron. So, yeah, he would announce it. I'm going to yeah. play with the GOAT now. So a little does he asked, know that he's playing with the real goat and Embiid. Yeah. So talk to me. What happened on um on his podcast? And who was his guest? This is an interesting combination. Yeah, this combination was wild, and I don't I didn't know what know this show is called. What was that? I didn't know this happened. Oh, uh, I so saw you this told on the timeline, and I was like, "What?" But apparently, he had the standout wide receiver, our number one wide receiver for now. Before I speak later on. Uh, Devontae Smith of the Philadelphia Eagles. He was a guest on Daniel Richard Green Jr.'s serious XM show. And he was asked, um, Smith was asked whether the Sixers should trade redacted BS. And Smith responded, as a basketball fan, if it was me, I would trade him. Right there. He gets it. He gets it. He knows the situation, and he doesn't even know his sport. He understands. Get rid of him. <laughs> Get him out of it. Get some value. But then later on, somewhere in the interview, he also said cheesesteaks are, quote, a little overrated. And then I had it in the notes, because that's when Rob had <laughs> put that in. Originally, I had my dep- my number one wideout, and then Rob added that, and I just put a strike through it. I'm like, never mind. I don't even know how to do that. <laughs> Google Doc is wonders. Yeah. But uh, yeah, Devontae Smith, what do you think? His thoughts on uh, the redaction. Cheesesteaks are only a little overrated if you get them at the wrong place. If you're Chino's getting them from fats. if you're getting them from a diner, that's one thing. But if you're going to Chino's and Fats, that's another. And then if you go to like a real place like Chubby's or Jim's, then, then you know what you're doing. Yeah. I mean, if anybody in the sport is talking about you know, trading players away, then um I, I'm gonna take their expertise. I'll albeit he's only been in the league for a year. Yeah, right. But the pressure on him was pretty, pretty rough too. I mean, the pressure on Simmons was a lot when he came into the league. But at least Embiid debuted. Like it, 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 Simmons's first year playing was it was Embiid's second year, so at least there was more pressure on Embiid than it was him. Yeah. Smith had some pressure on him this year, not as much as Hurts, but yeah, he, he understands. Been a first round pick. He won the Heisman and everything, so he gets it. If anybody's opinion matters, it's his, and I like how grounded he is. Um. Speaking of the Philadelphia Eagles, we would uh, we can't let the February fourth go by without mentioning <laughs> today is the fourth anniversary of Super Bowl Fifty Two. Um, that night, the Eagles won their first Super Bowl. It's apropos that we're doing the podcast episode recording on February fourth itself, not like a day before or a day after. We're doing it literally four years to the day. We'll do it live. We'll do it live. So. Uh, uh, did you did you watch that or were you at work when it happened? 
this don't is tell a, me where it work. This is a bittersweet uh, uh, historical moment in my life. Oh, you poor baby. And it was raining. I was not at work. Oh, you weren't? I wasn't at the airport, but I was in college at the time up in North Jersey. So I wasn't even in the area. Oh. And I was an RA that semester. My one stint as an RA was in the spring semester. And we were doing the schedules. And this date came up, the Super Bowl date. And I'm like, and we'll get to it because it's one of the questions here about Wentz. But when Wentz went down, the schedule came up. I was like, there's no shot. There's no shot the Eagles are going to the bowl. So I'll work that, like whatever. Oh, wow. So you guys built the schedule out pretty far in advance. Yeah. And you could, you know, edit like something comes up. So as when they beat the Vikings, I was like, yo, I need this off. I need to like watch this in like some kind of surroundings. No one wanted to do that. And Mm -hmm. mind you, I was the lone. This is North Jersey. So they're all Jets and Giant fans. So fuck me for being the only Eagle fan wanting to be off to watch my team in the bowl. No one wanted it to switch with me. And I ended up being in an office, no TV, and just a computer checking in donkeys with their oh. trash like queens and kings to get some booty for the night. And I'm staring at a computer watching it on Philo TV. I don't know if you know what that is, but it's like basically no. a TV subscription for the internet. So I watched it on this janky lagged version of the Super Bowl at the office. It was oh miserable. God. And I hated being an RA on top of that. And the worst part is the resident director on duty came in from a different building. Hey, Joel, how are you? I'm like, uh, uh. and I'm watching it on this small screen. And he's like, oh, man, the great, the game's great. I'm watching it over there. I'm like, huh. And then he goes and says, because I didn't see much of it. He's like, I think the Eagles can do it. I think they're, they're looking pretty good. I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> I can't even watch my team because I'm dealing with nonsense. So that's how my night went. You, so I missed pretty much all of it until like the fourth quarter where I saw most of it when I went back to my room. Well, where were you? Do you remember? So actually, the, I remember a lot from this night. So it actually rained that night, if you remember. Um, so during that day, I played Madden and I was playing my franchise and I it's for somehow my championship weekend coincided with Super Bowl. Uh-huh. So I, I beat whoever it was in the NFC title game, and then I won the Super Bowl against the Steelers, actually, in Madden that day. And I was like, is this, a, is this symbolic? And I ran to – so I left. I went to um, went to your niece's house, mm-hmm. her family's house. I went to um, Pretzel Factory, and then I ran over there. It was freaking pouring, dude. And I ran over there, got there. So the game was at like 6, right? So it, was like a, it was like kind of in the middle of the day. It was dark Six, because of just by the nature of what time of the year it is. I got there. She wasn't even there yet. She was at work and uh, she came home. Um, I remember the opening kick and I remember wearing my dog mask and I remember being (laughs) that entire playoff run. I was not sure what to think of any of the games. The Falcons game. I was just like, that was the most nervous one. When they beat the Rams, the Falcons said, I said, all right, well, the Eagles can beat the Falcons. I was worried about the Rams. Well, the Eagles can beat the Falcons. They come to town. Foles looks terrible until halftime. Then he looks different, and they get it done. I'm like, all right, well, that was cool. I still don't know what to expect. Then Minnesota Miracle happens or whatever. I'm like, all right, they can beat this. They can beat the Vikings. Go into that game. I was, and then the first drive of the game, they go right down the field, score on the Eagles. I'm like, Christ, this is over. Kyle Rudolph (laughs) scores. I'm like, Jesus Christ. And then the interception happens. Keenum fumbles again. 
um, Blunt murders Sendejo. Uh, the the flea flicker. I'm like, this team is this is incredible. When they got the interception on Keenum, I was uh-huh. like, all right, they're gonna win this game. And then the deep ball to Alshon, I was like, this is over. Um, going into the Super Bowl, I had no idea what to think. It was Brady coming off a game where he struggled to kind of beat the Jags. And the Eagles defense wasn't as good as the Jags. I was like, this is maybe. And then they were four and a half point dogs, I'm pretty sure, going into that game. And it was it was quite the experience watching that game. But I sat basically on the same spot on the couch all night. <laughs> and I remember the halftime show being so nervous. I think it was a Timberlake. Yeah, Timberlake. Um, Timberlake. And he had somebody else with him. Uh, well, I, I forget who it was. Maybe Bruno Mars, maybe. I don't know. I forget, but I remember watching the halftime show being like, this is, I can't, I did not enjoy a lot of the game because I was so nervous. And then when it finally happened, it was like a weight off my back. And I was like, I can't believe I just saw that happen. When the ball landed on the Brady Hail Mary, I didn't uh, believe it actually hit the ground. Like, cause it was like bouncing around. Gronk had a chance. Al Michaels was kind of late with the call. He was like, Gronkowski was there. Uh, they're also looking for and a flag. that's it yeah. yeah they're also looking for a flag because you know and they, they darn near got him on that play i think it was fletcher cox almost got him it's also crazy how Barnett. abrupt the sack fumble was oh look, uh, Might have been yeah because it was just like here's a here's a completion here's this oh brady gets hit the ball's out and Barnett gets it. The, the sound that collinsworth made when the fumble happened the, whoa, <laughs> was probably my favorite moment of the super bowl oh <laughs> He lost on um, football. So, dude, that game was insane. Um, arguably the best Super Bowl the last five years. I, and I told you I was going to watch the game, and then some family issues arose in the middle. Oh, of the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah cause I had to rewatch it because I didn't watch it. I would have to, to watch day, it. I, still I haven't watched it. I haven't watched the full thing since that year. I watched it in full, obviously the night it happened, and then we recorded it at home, and I watched it in full. A few days later, and I still remember feeling the way I did. And I remember the craziest part about it all is yeah. the week that happened. After, so I'd worked the next day. I was only working part-time at that point, but I'd worked the next day. And I went to Wawa in the morning, the, the Monday after they beat the Vikings. I wanted to get the newspapers, and I did the same thing the Monday after the Super Bowl because I wanted the newspapers. And I was able to get the newspapers, and everybody there was in such a good mood. And <laughs> I remember on sports radio – I was listening to 97.5. Gargano was the morning guy at that point. Somebody called in and was like, so what are they going to do at quarterback next season? And they were like, we're not doing this. And they hung up on the guy. <laughs> and then it turned into a big thing all the next season. So uh, <laughs> crazy. Um, what was going through your mind? Let's let's backtrack a little bit. The LA game. Like that was a monumental game. <sighs> I remember exactly where I was. I was off duty. I literally made this a moment. I went and ordered all the Chinese, sat down with my Philo on my laptop. I made basically a date to myself with this game. It was competitive. and then, The game in the Coliseum, you mean? Yes, and then the drive, the moment. So Wentz goes for it, and then he's limping. He finishes the drive, which is insane. First of all, I was pissed because Lane Johnson took a hold on the, the play that Wentz scored. <laughs> yeah, that was not good. Um, what were your thoughts going through when his ACL basically – just shattered right there so uh, before i answer that question i know i do this a lot not just here but also in life i I sometimes give you background on my answers 
the first couple of weeks of that season, I didn't think they were like contenders necessarily. The first moment that season that I thought they had a chance to win the Super Bowl was the first touchdown in the Broncos game when Wentz hit Alshon. The crowd just went nuts. And I was just like, look, they have a chance to do something special. Yeah. So I was leading into that Rams game knowing it was a true test. I think the Eagles were what, 10 and two. And I think the Rams were nine and three or something around that time. So the, the Rams had electric. one. Yeah. Both the Rams had electric. one more loss and they wound up having, I think, two more losses at the time that that game ended. But I was like, it felt like the Eagles had these long kind of drives. Yeah. And then the Rams were quick strike because a girly flew, Cup took one to the house. Uh, there was a black punt. So the Rams were striking quick. And I was like, you know what? If the Eagles can sustain drives, I remember where I was. I was sitting in my living room and I was the tree was up. And at times during the game, I was sitting with my phone plugged into the wall. And I remember sitting on the floor next to the table, texting one of my buddies. Um, <laughs> and when, when Elliot kicked a couple of those field goals, I was like, look, I don't know, but I, I feel like they can win games without Carson Wentz. Yeah. I question if Foles can do it. And when Foles stepped up, made that throw to Aguilar for the first down, I was like, all right, if you can just do that, just don't lose the games. Man, the team amen. will take care of the rest. Chris Long with the fumble. Um, Brandon Graham on the touchdown at the end of the game. I was like, you know what? The defense can do its job. They gave up 30-something points that game. But when Wentz got hurt, I thought the season was close to over. But they they showed something at the second half of that game that I was like, you know what? Look at the rest of the schedule. They got the Giants. They got the Raiders. And then they got the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. They can win all three of those games, no problem. Get the bye. And wind up 13-3. and three, And they wound up, I think, what? Or they would have been fourteen and two if that happened. Um, they go thirteen and three. Keep in mind, the week before was when they lost in Seattle, and that was the first time Wentz really looked human all season long. Because even when they lost to Kansas City week two, I was like, they still looked good. Alshon looked good. Aguilar looked good. Wentz looked pretty good. And then they got a Jai midseason. They blew out the Broncos. They blew out the Cowboys. Blew out the Cardinals. They blew out everybody. And that was the first test was Seattle, and they never beat Seattle. So they were coming off a bad loss in Seattle and they they showed up and beat the piss out of the Rams for the first mm-hmm. couple drives. And then you know, Wentz had four touchdowns, I think. Two to or two to Burton. Dude, um, electric that year. And then one to Jeffrey. And, and uh maybe it was like three. I'm sorry, but he had a couple touchdowns that game and he looked fantastic. And then boom, on the at the drop of a hat. I actually watched that game on YouTube a few months ago before I moved. Um during the summertime, I watched that game in, in its entirety on YouTube. And it's amazing how different they look. They look like they're playing a different sport compared to the modern Eagles. Yeah, right. Um, when it, when Carson's ACL went down, I literally said, oh, fuck, the season's over. When he was like, walking to the, to the tunnel with the, the towel on his head? No, when they announced like he was. Oh, when they announced it, yeah. Because like, he came back and finished the drive, and yeah. then the towel happened, I'm like, all right, King, like we can maybe sustain like a series or a driver or two until you come back, right? Yeah. When he was ruled out, and then later on, obviously we found out what the, the severity of it. Kind of like, had oh. a feeling it was going to happen. And then it was, like, it was like, it's too good to be true. It's too good to be true. And then boom, it happened. Oh. And I thought, all right, this is a competitive game. We should still beat the Rams. We can beat the Rams, but damn, yeah. we were ever so close. But I'm optimistic optimistic of the future because we have an actual quarterback he'll be back this team will be back it'll probably get better in the offseason we're gonna make a run for the super bowl but i literally counted that season as a wash i was like nope we're done crazy uh Um, did you think they were gonna win the super bowl on the day of the super bowl on the day of the super bowl 
Everybody says yes, and I don't know how many people are lying. I I had no. Sh- I didn't think. I think it would. I think it was going to be close, but it's Tom Brady, and Tom yeah. Brady had our number the one time in two thousand four, I believe. And he beat him a bunch in their career. Yeah, and it's great underdog Cinderella story, and I'm a sucker for underdogs. Like I'll, you know me, <laughs> any parlay I'm throwing underdogs on it. Any money, yeah, I'll throw an underdog in there. I love it, but I didn't think. Foles could match up or pass uh, Brady and Belichick. I didn't think. But the team was special. Aguilar had a breakout year that year, yeah. the only year he had. Yeah, they, they played with a backup left tackle. It was Alshon's with, first year, I believe. Alshon's first year. Here he played the entire season with a torn rotator cuff. Like, um, this team was good, but Carson's yeah. not there. And like I said, and but I didn't see the game. So going into that day, I was like, I mean, it's nice that we're in the bowl, but. We'll see, but I think it's going to be a three-point game and Patriots win. So yeah, how about you? I didn't. I didn't know. I, I genuinely didn't know. I, every game, I'm always like, so going to the Rams game, I thought they were going to win. Going yeah. to the Falcons game, I thought they could win. Vikings, mm-hmm. I thought they were going to win. Going to the Pats game, it wasn't that I thought they were going to lose or thought they were going to win. I truly was just like, I don't know. And like, I went into the game, I was like, I, obviously, I think they can win but I could see them getting shut down by Belichick and Brady. Yeah. And as soon as they came out, went for the jugular early and they showed that they were going to go for it on fourth down and they were going to go forward and try to take shots. I was like, the only way to beat this team is touchdowns. They're not going to win with field goals. And that was evident by the Philly special, which was probably the ballsiest call of Doug's career. Also wow. keep in mind before they scored the touchdown on the final drive that they scored a touchdown with Ertz, yeah. um, they completed a fourth and one on, I think like their own 30 something yard line, the little slant to Ertz. And that was like one of the biggest plays that that I can remember. So when they showed they were going to be aggressive and Peterson had been known to go and go for it and and everything. So I'm glad he didn't back away from that. I like that. And I think that'll benefit the Jags when he goes there, but I I like that he didn't back away from it and just shrink like McVay did and like Shanahan and um, Quinn did the year prior. So I went through, I didn't know, but yeah. I don't know. Finish it. No, I wasn't sure, but I mean, halfway through the game, I felt pretty good that they could at least stay in it and be competitive. I thought for sure whoever had the ball last was going to win. And turns out that's not what happened. Did you think uh, what uh, Al Michael and Collinsworth said when the opening drive when the Eagles went down the field, they were saying, oh, the Wayland thought they, they can defer the ball and they'll, you know, they'll be up in the first half, get the ball in the second half and run away with it. Did you yeah. think when the the toss, because you saw the game entirely, did you think you need to score? Or, like, what would you, what was your process there? Because when I, I watched had it to get points. Time, exactly. When I watched it, I was like, yeah. whoa. We at got the, the ball same first. time, <laughs> at the same time, the energy from the intros, the Eagles had way more juice. When I they came out Meek to Meek, Mel. yeah, they came out to Meek, and then the Patriots came out to Crazy Train, and the Patriots kind of just jogged out there, like, oh, we're just, we're just here. The Eagles had way more juice and they had way more invested on that game. And I thought when that happened, you can say, Oh, well, the game was over there. I think that, I think that gave me a little bit more confidence Mm -hmm. seeing that. I was like, Oh, wait, this, so they're not just, they're not just saying it. They're going to come out and do. And I think that, I don't know if they scored a field goal early or if it was, it was a field goal. And then Alshon scored the first touchdown. Yep. Um, But then then, uh, Elliot missed the the PAT. Yeah. Elliot missed the PAT. Uh, I'm pretty sure. 
um, Vander, or not Vander, uh, what the heck's the guy's, Goskowski uh, missed a field, uh, PAT, he, he shanked one off the post, he missed a field goal. He missed a field goal. And if 41-33 was a scoregami. And it has happened, I believe, one time since. And then I saw oh. the Brady play before we can move on to uh, our next segment. Whoa. Oh, no. Well, the next topic. Oh, the drop. The, the drop. I didn't see it. I didn't know about it until after the fact. Like, wait, yeah. Brady dropped one? So when that, when that play started, it looked like it was going to be a throw to Brady because he kind of just snuck out. And yeah. I was like, ooh. But the defense obviously can't tell that in the moment. Oh, Long did. Long knew he was fucked. Yeah. Because he was like, <laughs> he looked by like, don't he he was like slow motion when whoever threw it i think hogan maybe threw it it was either hogan or uh edelman it was one of them and you could see slow motion like long was like oh no like that tiktok part yeah. oh no and then he slowed back like he just busted ass like i gotta catch brady and then brady off his fingertips so it was that close there, before we move on and i promise we will I have three plays that i believe were or four if you count the earth slant on fourth and one yeah three plays that i think were kind of underappreciated from that super bowl one, the Patriots were in the red zone, close to the end zone, and Jalen Mills broke up a third down pass to Gronkowski. That was I a big that. play early in the game, and Gronk was looking for a flag. Mills did the thing with his finger. Um, that was early. Um, Ronnie McLeod with the suplex on, um, on I believe it was Cooks. Cooks mm-hmm. tried to get a third down. He jumped up in the air, tried to hurdle him, and Ronnie McLeod like power bombed him. And then um, when Malcolm Jenkins knocked out. Um, Cooks. Brandon Cooks and Cooks woke up on the Rams the next year. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was the most that was a huge play. It took away one of their weapons. Their second and best receiver. It kind of like affirmed, like they kind of stamped, like, "Hey, we're here to play. We're not just here to be like another statistic for Brady." Now, and Elliott's that... field goal in the fourth was huge too, to put them up eight instead of being up five. Ah, yes, a rookie too. He was he was amazing that season. Thank God. I mean, sorry for Caleb Sturgis getting hurt, but. Yeah, I don't think we would be in the Super Bowl without Jake Elliott. No, I agree. Yeah, just as much uh, to do with that run than anybody else on that team. He's been great since he came here. Yeah, he's he has carte blanche in my book. He can do no wrong. He's awesome. Yeah. Um. All right. You posed this question though, and I didn't see this, but Alshon Jeffrey's press conference during uh, the media <laughs> run. Now I sent this to you earlier. Did you get a chance to watch it? I vaguely remember this, and so I was he, like, "Yes, I remember." The dumbest thing was, ever. They were like, "So, what, what do you like about being here?" He's like, "I don't." And they were like, "Well, what about the weather?" He's like, "We're playing inside." He's like, "We should have just stayed in Philly." I think this is terrible. And then the guy goes, "Um, are you excited to see Timberlake?" He's like, "No, he bleeds like I do." And then he's a good musician, the, but yeah. I don't know him. <laughs> yeah, that kind of just like oh, he's not here to screw around. He's here to actually. But play. this is this is what you get from. And also the question about the, the weather, he was like, okay, yeah, but still, like, it's indoor. Like, how would that affect you guys? He's like, it won't. It won't. <laughs> like, I yeah, can that was pretty it. funny. Um, This is what happens when you get donkey, like, local news. There was a local news station, like Channel 5, I think it was on the microphone. It wasn't like ESPN or Fox Sports yeah. or any of, like, true sports football. It was like a daytime just trying to get some – you know, airtime because it's Super Bowl, it's media row. And at that point, he didn't, he had no energy for this guy, giving shit questions, shit response. It was just bad, but it was funny as shit, though. He basically did the, uh, oh, what's his name? Marshawn Lynch gimmick. Yeah. Just, just more words and honesty. I don't know. Right. Sunglasses were powerful, too. Yeah. Sunglasses were cool. All right. Moving on. Uh, the All Star game for the NBA. We'll do this pretty quick. Yeah. Um, there are new trophies 
Uh, they're celebrating the 75th anniversary of the league, as well as they're going to rename the All-Star MVP trophy, the Kobe Bryant trophy. And it's supposed to commemorate his like career accomplishments or something. It looks like a giant cone. Um, so Giannis and his brothers are contemplating doing uh, a joining forces to become like a three-man team for one of the, uh, the skills competition things. If I had to guess, it's probably going to be the thing they did in the past where they would have a retired player, a current player, and a WNBA player like shooting shots in different places on the court. Uh-huh. I don't know what it is, though, because Shams didn't really elaborate on it. Um, and then we have a couple snubs here. Do you want to read off the snubs? Oh, dude. This is the consensus, so take this with a grain of salt, people. But on multiple outlets all over Twitter and stuff, these are the handful of players that were also our snubs. LaMelo Ball, Tyler Hero, DeJounte Murray, which is a crime that he was. I think he's going to replace Draymond. He will. Draymond's injured. So Jaron Jackson. He could also potentially replace Draymond, too. He's been great this year. Anthony Edwards has been great, too. Yeah, he has. Uh, Brandon Ingram. Quiet assassin. Jared Allen. He was good, good last year, too. Yeah, Jared Allen deserves it. He's been awesome. On the Cavs. Jalen Brown was shocking. I couldn't believe he didn't make it. Uh, Anthony Davis as well. Yeah. Uh, but he's been injured really up and down. Yeah, and that's more of a that's more of a name. Uh Miles Bridges for the Hornets. He's, he's been good this year. I just don't see a spot for him. No, the Hornets didn't get any love this year. No, they didn't. Bam out of body, another heat. He, he's also missed time. And then Drew Holiday and Steady Hand. Someone I forget who it is, so sorry I didn't like quote it, but someone when they mentioned Drew Holiday being a snub, he's the most Second most important player to this season on the Bucks team. He's the number two most yeah. important player yeah. behind I would Giannis. Put so they were like, if anybody should get up out of the Bucks, take out Middleton, put in Holiday, they would be fine with that. Yeah, so, I'm surprised Middleton made it. Yeah, so I mean, it's it's fan vote as well. So yeah, I don't really care for the All Star game anyway. It's fun. The dunk contest is cool, and the, none of the real players do it though, which kind of sucks. All right. Yeah. Um. So the Bears have hired uh, Matt Eberflus to be the new head coach of the football team. He's the former Colts defensive coordinator, and he just got replaced by Gus Bradley about an hour ago. Yeah. Um, you put here he was a longtime Cowboys linebackers coach. I mean, what do you make of it, if anything? Uh, it brings some stability on the defense, and that Cowboys defense, especially the linebacking crew with Sean Lee and Van Der Esch and Jalen yeah. Smith. I mean, he can coach, no doubt yeah. about that, but well, we think the first-year head coach, we'll see. And the Colts had a decent defense. Uh, the Jags last night, naturally, after we stopped um, recording, hired uh, Doug Peterson. Peterson was 42-37-1 as the Eagles coach. Uh, won the Super Bowl, only lost twice in the playoffs. And both times he was using his backup quarterback. Um, right. Now you put here Gus Bradley and Doug Marone were 25-55 and 55 in the span of five years. And then uh, Daryl Bevel and uh, Ever Meyer were 3-14 and 14 this year, so... That's craziness. But Pretty that Bradley ugly. Marone, that's in the same years as uh, Peterson. So when Peterson yeah. started it with the Eagles and ended, that's the same. That's where I took that okay. uh, record from to show that Jags haven't been winning much. And look at what Peterson does. So it's yeah. been a great hire they did, for Shaq Khan. They did have the, the, the 10 and 6 season in 2017. They did. Um, that was one of my favorite just random teams that came out of nowhere. Um, so Doug and Carson are in the same division for the time being. And then, uh, so they both face the Eagles next year. And then so does Zach Ertz if he stays in Arizona. So fun, fun. We'll touch on the schedule later on. But um, yeah. um, next up we have, uh, so Bears hired Eberflus. Uh, the Broncos uh, hired Nathaniel Hackett. Giants got Dable. Jack got Peterson. Raiders signed McDaniels. And then the Vikings are going to sign, if they haven't already, 
going to hire Kevin O'Connell. So six open spots and uh, zero filled by minorities. And then we also have the Dolphins, Saints, and Texans considering players. I'm sorry, coaches for the time being. I'm interested to see who gets the Saints job. I think it's going to be Dennis Allen, the defensive coordinator there. Um, Texans, I still think there's a chance that Gannon gets it. And the Dolphins, I actually have no idea. Dolphins are trying to probably get Harbaugh. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, Harbaugh said he's not leaving. But, I mean, how many guys said they weren't leaving? I mean, Chip said he wasn't leaving before he came here. So, What do you think it's someone from college? Other than Harbaugh, the Dolphins, or do they go like B enemy or someone from the Sean McVay tree? The only person that I thought maybe was going to leave college for an NFL job was Lincoln Riley. And he, mm-hmm. instead of leaving for the NFL, he went to USC. So I don't see anybody coming from college. Um, I could see Ryan Day potentially making the jump at some point. Um, I don't know how likely it is. I don't think – now somebody suggested Ed Orgeron for the Saints job which I think would be kind of cool. The, uh, the former LSU guy, the go dog, this guy. So <laughs> I don't know who's going to take those jobs. I, I think Dennis Allen makes the most sense for the saints. And I think it makes sense from a standpoint of just stability. Um, Texans. I truly think it'll probably be it. I mean, I thought it was going to be Flores before this whole thing happened. Now at this point, it's probably just going to be, I think it's going to be Gannon. Gannon, please get out. And of then here. dolphins. I, I can honestly see the dolphins bringing in Vic Fangio but I think it makes sense for Fangio to be a DC for a couple of years. Did Dan Quinn get hired somewhere? Yeah. He got hired. No, no. I think he's, st- he, he was going to be the Broncos Bradley, guy. Gus Bradley got hired. Dan Quinn resigned. He's staying in Dallas. Still, I thought Quinn had a chance to be the Broncos guy. And I think he took himself out of the running. He wanted he? to come back. Byron left, which also took himself out of the running for the Jags job. Cause he didn't want to work with Trent Baalke, the GM which is understandable, but uh, they said, all right, screw you. But I thought Leftwich would make a lot of sense. Leftwich to the Dolphins would also make sense. He had a chance to work with the quarterback, too, unless they sign, um, draft someone else. But Leftwich, I think, should be one of the three hired coaches. I think he has a, some pedigree. Or if the Dolphins just want to stay the course and use a vet, bring in Todd Bowles uh, or Dan this, Quinn. Take this with a grain of salt, but this is on CBSSports.com, uh, Cody Benjamin, mm-hmm. five hours ago. Damn it. Damn it. Apparently, I don't know why, but some of these sites close you out because you're not a subscriber, so they just throw uh, some massive so you can't see the story. But the title says, Jerry Jones says, Dan Quinn, quote, would love Cowboys head coaching job. Adds Mike McCarthy will be gone someday. So it looks like... Who, who likes the head coaching job? Uh, Jerry Jones says, Dan Quinn would love... Cowboys head coaching job adds, oh. adds also McCarthy will be gone someday. So it looks like Dan Quinn probably got something from the, the brass upstairs. Like, Hey, if McCarthy doesn't get it done this year, or if it's a tumultuous, like start by, by week, they might cut McCarthy and have, I think it'll be Dan Peyton. Quinn. You think, so you think, I, th- I think Peyton McCarthy, takes an OC job somewhere and then becomes head coach every year, which could possibly be Dallas. Kellen Moore would also make sense for the Dolphins for what it's worth. True. Do you think Dan Quinn is just basically being sold uh, fake news? Because he was probably be. going to take a head, head coaching job. They probably told him, hey, we're going to keep you here because we would love to have you, love yep. unquote, to have you as a head coach, incentivize him to stay here. But the moment McCarthy's out, they'll bring in Dan Quinn to finish the season. But Sean Payton comes back. Dan Quinn, see ya. Sean Payton's here. He should have taken the the 
the Broncos job. I think he could have done wonders with their defense. I think in a way their defense is just as talented as the Cowboys one. He's better with a better defensive team because that Falcons team, for what it's worth, they were more offensive powered with uh, Ridley, Julio Jones, and obviously uh, Ryan, uh, Matt Ryan. But he's more defensive, and the Broncos have the better defense out of the vacancies that we're here. So it, it's interesting. It's, it's fascinating to see that the Dolphins and Saints, two uh, markets that are lucrative, are still so yet the to have Bears. coaching. The Bears and the Jags are both tied to Rich Basasha. I just looked his name up because I knew he had been tied to somebody. Basasha supposedly could be the new special teams coach for the Bears. He was also linked to the Jags. I think he deserves a job somewhere. I think he should just come to Philly and be whatever the heck they want him to be. That's a crime that they didn't keep him. I, I agree. I think it's kind of weird. I think it's kind of sad, honestly. I thought he deserved a chance to see it out. Maybe he didn't want to be a head coach, but every single player came out and said something amazing about the guy. Somebody you want to root for. I mean, it's those are hard to find coaches. I mean, Brian Flores is one of them too. Yeah, I mean, it seems like somebody that would actually made an impact on people's lives. And for Crosby and Carr and Waller and Nate Hobbs to all say nice things about him, so must be doing something right. Jesus. Um, all right, what's next on the docket? The Royal Rumble review uh, slash Men's Rumble review. I was excited because I thought we were reviewing the 2001 Royal Rumble. And I was like, oh, I love the ladder match between Benoit and Jericho was good. Um, China faking the the uh, the broken neck. Um, the Dudleys. And then uh, Austin comes out, hits Kane with a chair and eliminates him and goes to the mania. But we weren't. We're actually talking about the 2022 Rumble, which uh, I actually had the misfortune of watching. <laughs> so Joel has gotten me to watch two events in the last six months. First one was the AEW thing. Yeah. Which I, I enjoyed pretty. No, I enjoyed it. I thought it was good. I, just, I thought the end was stupid, but um, ah, I enjoyed it. Um, and then he made me watch this freaking thing. I didn't make it. Uh, you wanted to watch it. I just reminded. I did. Hey, yeah. I always watch the Rumble. Yeah, I watched the Rumble the last couple of years. It's the only pay per view I watch. I've always said that if the Rumble comes to Philly or Mania comes to Philly, I'll I'll go, or I'll try to watch the Rumble on pay per view. I usually stream it. I didn't realize I could do it legally this time around with Peacock. But I, I I enjoy watching it. I enjoy the women's match much better. Oh, yeah, it was way better. More nostalgic pops. Yeah. The undercards sucked. Every single one of them sucked. Uh, I the the like opener the stunk. Opener. I like the no, opener. No, it stunk. It ended shitty. All right, hold up. The intro of Seth Rollins was pretty cool. That intro I wouldn't know any different because apparently oh. he's wearing his costume from before and he, he doesn't wear that anymore. He came out to the Shield music, right? Yes, that was their gimmick. Oh, okay. That's Fake they, NWO. That's, excuse me. That's how they were brought into the business. That was their first. Yeah, I, I know about this. Show. I kind of, I, I knew a little bit about them. I liked all three of them as the group. I didn't really watch the product, but I knew of it. And I thought it was a cool idea. They would just come in and beat the piss out of guys and then leave. I actually, that's what got me back into wrestling. I was like, really? who are these guys walking through the crowds? This is awesome. And then my brother was like, oh, they're the, one of the better fashions. They're pretty cool. They just come in and kick everyone's ass and then leave. Yeah. The hounds. I've heard about, I heard about them and I heard about the Bullet Club. I don't know if that's North American or Japanese. Japanese. But I, I heard about the Bullet Club and I heard they were good. So what got me into it, the only thing modern I've watched, aside from the couple shows I've watched with you, or at the same time as you the last few months, was 2013 when Punk did the, the um, Punk did the little fake shoot promo. And then the Summer of Punk kind of commenced. Uh, it was that might have, The Summer of Punk might have been before that, but when he did the shoot promo and then he left with the, the belt. Bomb? Yeah. 
he did it in the stone cold shirt and then he brought out the mega the uh the megaphone or whatever yeah that was the only other time i watched the current product and then i watched a little bit of um and that was 11 i watched a little bit of 13 because i thought he was going to end the streak and then i I watched that. I watched Mania 29. That was enjoyable. I remember eating a, a frozen dinner on my bed, watching it on my laptop. <laughs> That's the only there. other, it's the only thing else I've watched current product. So th- I'm going into this pretty much like a, a PG era virgin, basically. I didn't know what to expect. And I was pleasantly surprised when I saw some of the entrance and then sad when they all got basically buried 30 seconds. So um, you for sure should take the lead on this because I don't know anything about any of the, these people aside from Bobby Lashley. Uh, the men's rumble? And Paul Heyman. Yeah. I mean, the men's rumble, it sucked. It was boring. It was predictable. Yeah, had, it did suck. They had a contractual obligation because they do sponsorship with like either certain movies or certain like companies. So this year or this pay-per-view, they had one with Jackass because they're moving. Oh, right. Knoxville. That was funny. That was funny. That was a nice gimmick. (laughs) The music and then the pop were pretty fun to me. Yeah, that was pretty fun. Um, No nostalgic pops. No, nothing. Like in the women, we had Right to Center, uh, Mighty Molly, Melina. So you had Mighty Molly, you had Ivory, you had Lita. Lita was nice. Um, uh, Yeah, and then there was somebody, Rousey came back, right? Rousey came back, and when that happened, it was like game over. Like anybody that you thought was going to win is not winning. Rousey's going to now. There. there was one thing I did like. What's up uh, about the women's rumble? I like that one of the champions was in it to try to prevent herself from having to face somebody else. Charlotte. I thought that was a cool wrinkle. Yeah. She's also uh, better than her dad. Oh, one thousand. Or grandfather, whoever it is. Father. <laughs> Father, is it? I, I don't know how old he is. He looks like he's been in the sun for thirty years. Yeah. Well, he has been really. Yeah. No, that's his daughter. Um, Did you know Flair actually got married twice and divorced during that match? No. <laughs> he got no. married, divorced, and then filed for bankruptcy all in the span of the Women's Royal Rumble match. Nah. She's actually... I enjoyed her. I thought she was good. Yeah, she's she's one of the, the best uh, women. Yeah, she, I can tell. I, I know why she has the belt now. Um, she ha- She's like, like Flair, like uh, her dad. X amount of like 10 time, 10 plus time. Oh, really? Oh, she's been around a while then. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And she's like becoming like the John Cena now, like hated because like you expect her to win uh, every match and she has the belt all the time. So it's like when you see her in a match, guaranteed that she's going to be winning. Okay. It. So I was kind of ignorant to that out, though. Yeah. So when Ronda, came I, out, I enjoyed her. Oh, yeah. She was great. She was great. Um, and, and funny enough, Ronda ended up winning the women's rumble and she chose to face Charlotte. Did she? The one that she eliminated to win the match to face at WrestleMania for the belt. So expect that to be a good match. Um, the men's, like I said, it sucked. There was no Shane sucked. Hurricane Helms. Would have been a nice pop. No Rhino. There's no RVD. Um, Didn't Edge come back last year? Edge is a full-time wrestler, but he had a sleeper snoozer of a match. Thank God you watched it for me. Well, Didn't, didn't me he come back during the Rumble at one point? Maybe it was two years last ago or year. something? Okay, so he came back, yeah. So that was like a surprise entrance. Like there was no like Hardy Boys or whatever in this year. Like there was nobody I knew from years past. I knew who AJ Styles was, and I knew who Bobby Roode was. Um, There were a couple guys I knew in there from TNA, like Bobby Roode. I love Bobby Roode when I was younger. It sucks now. He had a great one, glorious. Daddy, oh, it was great, dude. He was all when he got pushed in TNA, he became like their top heel. He was great. They kind of teased it, oh. too, when him and AJ stared off. Everybody knew what this was about. Really? But, oh, they knew. Yeah. But it was shortly 
poo-pooed because AJ, I think, just eliminated him. World oh, and um, Kevin Steen, they changed his name. What's his name now? Kevin um, Owens. Is that who it was? Yeah, Kevin I liked Owens. him. He was in Ring of Honor, wasn't he? Yeah. Or New Japan or something? Both. He was in both. Okay, I remember him from the Indies when I was younger. Um, but that's I, I really didn't enjoy the match. I, I enjoyed it just from the standpoint of not knowing who was going to be next, and then even when they came out, I still didn't know who they were. <laughs> um, I uh, did Bad like Bunny the. Uh, I kind of liked that random tag team in the middle. Um, the ones that were wearing red. Um, I don't know who they were, but I liked them. Red. Um, I don't. Remember. It wasn't Crime Time. It was uh Oh, the Street Profits. Something like that. I don't. Remember. I forget who they were. They had red and white. I think, but they were good. I think it was it was the oh. what you call it, Street Profits. But yeah, nonetheless, but the, I mean, it just there were no surprises. There was no surprises, and they kind of bummed me out. And then, obviously, they got the cheap pop with uh, Bad Bunny. And Shane McMahon. Shane McMahon was. Did a anybody believe he was going to win the match? <laughs> well, here's the thing. Funny enough, he got fired too from the company. Oh, really? Yeah, his daddy fired him. Didn't he, he lose got, a bunch of money a long time ago because he thought he was going to go like create the Japanese YouTube? I think. And so. um, he got he got he lost all of his money investing in it. <laughs> I wouldn't put it past him. Um, apparently, though, he was brought back as a producer this year, and he built the Rumble, the match itself, solely around him. He wanted to win the whole thing. That's why he ended up being one of the last three in the ring. Really? He booked himself to be in that spot, and it created a lot of turmoil and chaos in the back because the wrestlers were put in different positions and different uh, number slots than they were. Because everything is scripted. Yeah. They practice this, but still Shane really came made. in and made it all jumbled up. So it created turmoil. He threw some people under the bus, XYZ. He wanted to face the champion at WrestleMania. He wanted to fight Bobby Lashley for the belt at WrestleMania. That's where his head at, was at. That's stupid. So Vince basically, and he fucked around with Bad Bunny's entrance, like slot. And when, because it's, it's a high paid celebrity notoriety. So when you mess with money, Vince is like, all right, you got to go. So Vince basically fired his son for some dumb shit. But uh, it sucked. Um, I'd rather prefer, like I said, I don't know, John Cena making an appearance. I don't know. like, Or maybe somebody wins that we didn't expect to win. But that wasn't going to happen once Brock Lesnar came out. As it soon was as like his music hit, we were like, oh, this game, this is over. But that was also the genesis of our top 15 because yes. it was one of the greatest. Like, once you hear that, now i was upset because i watched the show and i realized they got rid of fireworks altogether so they got rid of all their pyro it seems no they actually brought it back Did they? they lessened it but the ironic part is when ronda won the wrestlemania i mean when she won the royal rumble she they do this obligated point to the wrestlemania yeah sign. they all point at the sign yeah well they did a pyro for that well, her pyro was a little too much, and during the next match was Becky Lynch. That mm. the, the sign popcorn was on match, fire. right? Yeah. Oh, was it? Yeah, the sign itself was on fire, and they had to evacuate the people under it so they can bring it down. That's hilarious. Take it down and then bring it back up, and then there was later, it reignited. So a long time ago, that I remember this well. There was a Taz match, um, oh, Taz. <laughs> and Taz's pyro was like this smoke stuff, and the next match was like all you could see was his pyro. The next match was like a hardcore match, and all you could see was the smoke in the building. And I remember the joke was, "Oh, Rob Van Dam must be backstage getting a contract." <laughs> <laughs> this is like 2000, so I think it might have been Royal Rumble 2000 when he beat Kurt Angle. Um, the next match was like the Dudleys or something, and it was all 
there was just smoke everywhere. God, that's hilarious. So, so the, the next segment that we have is a top 10 slash top whatever number it is that we can come up with because oh. we we pointed out how good the song was that Brock came out to. Yeah. And we were like, well, what's the iconic songs that you hear the music and you just know? So we put together our top 10 slash 15 with some honorable mentions um, wrestling theme song list. Now you put specifically WWF slash E. I have three songs from uh, WCW on here, which you hold gave on, me your up, seal of up. approval for. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Hold up. Wait a minute. I know Thibel's starting. It's crazy, isn't it? Wait a minute. Nets receive Simmons, Green, Corkmaz, two first, Harden, Millsap, Carter to the Sixers. What is going on here? I would do that in a heartbeat. There's a lot of talk that Corkmaz is in the deal with Simmons to go okay. to, to Brooklyn. So they're saying Durant and I like how they, I think this is a joke, but Durant and Corkmaz, oh my fucking God. Could you imagine that? <laughs> it's, like, it's like fire and wet emojis. So I see yeah, another no disrespect one on to Ben Simmons there, but they think Corkmaz and Durant together is magic. <laughs> and Danny Green. So I see another one on here. Somebody suggested Harden for Simmons, Green, Corkmaz at a first. Um, I don't really see anything else here. Uh, Corkmaz, Joe, Niang. Uh, uh, here's Shams. For Harden. Shams said the Sixers are expected to pursue Brooklyn's James Harden ahead of the trade deadline Thursday. The Nets are now open to discussing a deal. So. That's all I really see on here. Somebody else said, um, oh, I see the same thing you did. Uh, this is somebody just using the trade machine. Ah, um, it was. Ah. Simmons, Corkmaz, Green, two first for Hardenville, seven Carter. I think it, that would work, but um, I also don't want Beal and Bertons if your options are getting – just give me Harden. I don't really care at this point. Just give me James Harden. Who, who the heck cares? Even if they don't win at all, I want a Harden jersey. Now, here's a question. Before we do our top ten list. Yeah. What number would Harden wear here? Because three is retired for AI and 13 is retired for Wilt. 13 is his current number. And I thought if he can't have 13, maybe he'll take three. Kind of like how Harper couldn't have 34. So we took three. Three is retired for AI. 15 is retired for Hal Greer. And I'm pretty sure four is retired for Dolph Shays. So what was his college number? Probably 13. Fuck. And I think 10 is also is 10 off limits. I think it might be. Yeah. He has number 10 is Mo Cheeks. Yeah, 13 so, I mean, ASU. So that's retired. Oh, my goodness. Uh, well, I don't know. 31? 31 is Curry. Well, Curry uh, won't be on the team if he's in the deal. Well, you know, they're not trading him. I guess 30 because Cork Miles will be gone. All right. Yeah, right. All right. Where would you like to serve? So, how many honorable mentions do you have? So, I technically have. 12 people tied in my top 10. I have two <laughs> ties and then I have five honorable mentions here. Um, how many I, honorables do you have? I just have two honorable mentions. If we're doing a top 15, right? So do you want to do top, if you want to do top 15, that's fine with me. Then I'll only have two honorables, three honorables. I'm sorry. Well, do, let's just do a top 15. Okay. So I have two honorables. Um, my first honorable is Seth Rollins, uh, burn it down or the other, the original version. And then the other one is Lita, which is a great killer song. All right. Um, so I'm actually rewriting my list <laughs> because now that I know we can do this, I'm going to lengthen everything a little bit. And we'll probably just put this on the Instagram stories at PA under uh, PA turn pod. We'll put the list on the stories and uh, no, no judgment, no, no polls just to share it. You know, I'm intrigued to see yeah. who your number one is. 
I'm, so I'm, you're, I'm thinking it's you're Bret not, Hart. I'm thinking no, you're not going to guess it. You're not going to guess my number one. Conan. Nope. Benoit. Nope. <laughs> Although um, he's going to be one of my honorables. Sable. Conan. I, Conan was just the NWO team, wasn't he? <laughs> um, I'm sorry. I'm I'm screwing up the uh, the vibe here. No, nah, not at all. I'm I'm writing it too because I had like everything scrambled. Let me see. Um, well, I'll start first at number. F- oh wait, your honorables. I have to do my honorables, but I have to figure out what's going to fit on my ten. I'm so sorry. <laughs> and this is the P. If guys, if you want to participate, uh, P A underscore Turnpod? Yes. I forget. I forget our email because we don't have a mailbag really. Oh no, there's no email. Uh, there's no um thingy on the email. Oh, so it's P A Turnpod at gmail dot com. And the P underscore Turnpod? I don't know. Yeah. Anyway. There's no underscore in the email, which is all one word. And I love to fight. Okay, so I have three honorables. My honorable mentions are going to be Billy Kidman's uh, WCW theme. Yes. It was actually a, a menu theme. They edited it and made it a menu theme in Shut Your Mouth, the video game. Uh-huh. Um, my other honorables are going to be Chris Benoit. Um, in spite of what he did, he had a killer theme. Oh, I'm so sorry. I honestly, I swear to God, I didn't mean to do that. But uh, it's a great theme. I, I swear to God, I swear on my my Twix bars on my desk right now. I didn't mean to do that. But uh, he did have a great theme song. And then my other honorable mention. Now, this might be Fringe when you watch with Billy and Chuck. Oh my God, that duo. <laughs> I freaking love. They were one of my favorite tag teams when they were a thing. So, no way. so they are my 16, 17, and 18. And now I have a 15-man list. And I'm freaking thrilled, dude. I'm ready. I'm all in. I was listening to the Attitude Era podcast earlier, get myself ready for this. I'm in. Like Let's like do it. it. All right. I'm like, wait. So do you want to start with your 15? This way I finish on my number one that you'll never guess. Oh, you want me to do my, my top 15? Then you go to your top 15? No, like one by one. By the way, um, Brett Hart is not on my list, so he's an honorable as well. He's also an honorable, I guess. I think okay. I love Brett Hart. All right. Yeah, I forgot about Christian and Orton, too, and Batista. I have two big names that aren't on my list, though. Um, uh, so we're doing 15, 15, 14, 14? Yep, let's do it. All right, 15. You'll never... The Brood. What? Yes, <laughs> The Brood. Joel, you're going to hear them, but they're going to come up way later. <laughs> so I forgot them initially, and then my friend Zach mentioned them, and I was like, oh, my God. That's got to be you your top five. Yeah. <laughs> yes, um, it is. Dude, Edge, Christian, their debut. The entrance Gangrel. itself is awesome. Gangrel spitting the blood or the viscous liquid because you can't say blood. Yeah. Um, they the also the best. WrestleMania 15, when they hung the boss man, they couldn't figure out how to get back on their harnesses <laughs> and get up to the ceiling <laughs> yeah. and they got stuck. Uh, but that was awesome. They were a great group. So um, already this is a promising top 15 for me because yes. uh, well, I mean, have it, I, but a little higher, but I mean so Joel's list. <laughs> so I'm assuming that Joel's list is gonna be a little bit more modern. I only have one current person on here that i think is current anyway and yeah. then the rest are pretty much all latitude era early 2000s um 15 is also going to be a faction evolution yo you're gonna hear them on my list really a little later Yeah, because it was also orton's first team and i um yes. i know they used motorhead a lot because triple h liked them but i thought it was a good song and it fit the group dude it was awesome that's awesome and i on. remember yeah that's a workout song for me 
and I watched during the Reign of Terror, so I heard that song quite a bit. Nice. <laughs> Already a solid list. I'm good. I'm in. And we both have it on each other's list so far. Yeah, so far so good. There's no shot you have my one. I'm, I promise you. <laughs> it's got to be like a jazz. <laughs> <laughs> oh Terry shit. she did have good songs jazz had two good themes pms or something uh number 14 the hardy boys okay that comes on it's like let's go or is it the same song that i know or do they have like a newer one that's nah, like more modern okay so it's one. the the you one know, they use everyone they use it a little bit on mtv also i don't oh. have them but i respect that a lot 14 for me kurt angle jesus christ that's so low Yo, I like that. I like that. You suck. Yes. Yeah. You suck. Did you know that they also used his theme for the Patriot 1997? Del Wilkes. And they also had uh, an eight man tag at uh, One Night Only, I think was one of the in your house pay per views in 97. Yeah. Um, A handful of guys, it was Vader Goldust, Stone Cold, and someone else, and Shamrock came out and they used that song because it was Team USA playing or facing Team Canada. By the way, I think Road Warriors, Animal and Hawk is on your list. Never liked their song. I liked their LOD 2000 song, but I didn't like anything else. Oh, shit. All right. Also, somebody else who just missed my list was Test. <laughs> this is Test. Yeah. Also, a little This is steroid use. You are now dead. Um, <laughs> a little nugget. Um, Kurt Angle's song was also used in a, in a UFC pay-per-view title of, uh, match with uh, Colby Covington. He, oh, no way. He played this gimmick of MAGA. So he hated any minority. So he played like a gimmick, <laughs> but he came out, he asked Kurt Angle for the permission. So when he came awesome. out, he came out in this sold out crowd in, in Las Vegas for his title fight. And literally the entire stadium chanted, you suck. That's awesome. In sync. It was awesome. Loved I think it. we should also, while we're doing this, give credit to Jim Johnston, who was basically the one that put oh, together yeah. all of these theme songs. 1000%. He was a goat. I don't know if he still does the music, but um, if he doesn't, then whoever does it now sucks because the oh, music kind of sucked. Just out. friends? What happens? Never mind. That's a little separate topic. Redacted. Oh, jeez. Um, all right. Number 13. All of The Undertaker's music. Number 13 for me is the Ministry Undertaker music. <laughs> yes. so. Our first tie. <laughs> There we go. In a way. <laughs> I thought I might have him a little low, but I don't have his other themes on here. I ha- I had them high, but I'm like, I really wasn't a fan of The Undertaker. It I does, appreciate it, him it, now. It hasn't aged well. Yeah. yeah the the badass well. gimmick anyway. Or The Minister of Darkness. He basically just took Stephanie upon kind of, so <laughs> It was so bad that it was good, though. Like, if you watch it. Yeah. yeah the, Christian was the, in it. Christian was in it. Yeah, The Minister was awesome. Viscera. Uh, Viscera. Midian. Farouk. Yeah. The Acolytes. Paul Bear, I, I actually kind of like Ministry Taker. And his goatee and his demonic goth look. Oh, I didn't understand it because when I my first exposure to it was the WrestleMania DVD set, and 15 was on there, and I was like, him versus Boss Man. There's no way Boss Man's the good guy. So yeah. Taker had to be the good guy, but they were both bad. And I was like, I don't understand this. He's got the teddy bear on fire. I don't know. <laughs> uh, number 12. Are you ready? So we're DS. very close. Yeah, <laughs> I don't number. Uh, 12 for me so i love their song i love their entrance i love that it would go back and forth between the video and them sort of a tie i'm going to call this a virtual tie because 12 for me is the new age outlaws you didn't know oh you didn't know and they were in dx i'm almost positive for a little while so all right perfect (laughs) back to back ties. oh um Uh oh 
This just in, the Giants defensive coordinator, Patrick Graham, has been hired by the Raiders to be the G, uh, defensive coordinator over there. So lateral move for him, but I think it's a step in the right direction for the Raiders and him. I have that on the dock. Yeah. You glossed over He's, it. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, it said they do like Patrick Graham. They were very high on the Giants defensive yep. coordinator, Patrick Graham. For good reason. And I personally think Byron like should go to the Bears as the offensive coordinator. I like that too. Justin Fields. I love, I love that. Have him work with the quarterback for yep. sure. Kafka could have shown could have just gone to the Bears, honestly. True. True, 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 true. All right, sweet. Uh, what's your number 12? Oh, yeah, yours, uh, New Week's Outlaw. Uh, oh, you number didn't know? 11. Huh? You're not going to have my number 11. If you have my number 11, I'll drive to your house and shake your hand right now. I'm not looking to dive, but here we go. Uh, Rob Van okay. Dam. Number Great 11. song. What about yeah. time? The actual song is better than the theme song. True. Now, number 11 for me. This is more of a combination of his three because he had one in ECW and two in uh, WWE. Tajiri. Tajiri. I love Tajiri. I have no idea what that sounds like. He has a couple. They're, they're like moderately racist, but like they're very good. <laughs> Japanese they, they fit his character. Let me say that better. All right. And he was awesome. I, he was one of my favorite. Was he the original guy who spits shit out of his mouth? Like the, the mist? Was he the original? I think someone else did it too. The great Muda maybe did it. Someone else did. Um, and then he, he he was the first one to really just go with one color, I think, because he did green and then he did a little bit of red. And then he had the black the one time. Yeah, the black was a little eerie. Yeah, the black he shot in um uh, Nidia's face. He got Mysterio with the red. But he was my, he was mainly green. Someone else definitely did it though. Might have been. Might have been Kenta, honestly. I don't. I don't remember who else did it. It's crazy. That I'll, they use I'll look it same, up real quick. It's crazy that they use the same kind of gimmicks, because you don't watch the modern one. But there's a there's a female wrestler called Alexa Bliss, and she was under this spell, quote unquote, with the Fiend, which is like Husky Harris's character, uh, Bray Wyatt, and she at one point had uh, black goo come out of her mouth, which was interesting. And then there's another all star woman's wrestler named Asuka and her gimmick is having green mist coming out of her mouth okay. and she would rock like the residue down her mouth so it's kind of interesting that they use kind of the same gimmicks they just recycle them in a way and modernize it there's no uh, shot oh. in hell you have my number 10 there's no Antonio Inoki did it actually mm. okay I'm sorry uh, number, number 10 for you now or yeah. number 11 so originally this number 10 so originally what did you say you're number 11 yeah, it was the jury. All right. Originally, this 11 to 15 that I just said was my honorable mentions. But yeah. since you had a lot, I just stretched it out. Number 10, there's no shot you have it. Fit Finley. Good song. I, I love the fight. Yeah. And then the. Finley was a producer forever. He was also in uh, WC. He was in WCW and then he became like an actual performer at one point. Yeah. So I actually watched one of the random modern ish things I watched was he opened Mania one time against Bradshaw. In a street fight, and that was like a really good match. Um, but Finley, yeah, it's a good one. Um, keeping the theme of apparently, so we have we're on the same wavelength because I have a foreign man from Europe as well for number and, 10. And you and you thought I was going more modern. Look at I you. thought it was just gonna be like, oh, here's uh John Steele and uh and Bill well, Rollins and uh well, and, well, well, we still have a uh, nine more to go, so <laughs> yeah. All right, 10 for me. You want to guess which um which European legend is number 10 for me? Uh, William Regal. Oh, that's a good one. I'm just, no, out here. I'm just doing the thing. Rowdy Roddy Piper. Ah, damn, I forgot that. That's a good one. He's great. 
really his character cool. was also great. I'm, I'm also blending these a little bit with how appropriate they were for the characters. Is it almost similar to the bagpipes? Like for it, it is for the bagpipes. It, he had a couple different, uh, similar but not the same because he's Scottish uh, yeah, versus. Scottish. Um, uh, but uh, he had a couple different ones that I liked. Oh, that's pretty funny. <laughs> kind of similar yeah. in a way. In particular, my favorite was probably his one from WCW that he used in 03 when he came back. Hard, it's hard to explain. They all sound so similar, but you can tell the difference when you listen to them. And we would put it up here, but I think WWE would uh, copyright us and strike us down for copyright infringement. Um, all right, number nine for me, John Cena slash Thugonomics version. The one that he, the, the original one, right? Yeah, the one, we're alive. Yeah, that was my favorite character for him. That was oh, like right so when hard. I was starting to get out of it. And his look was great too. Uh, that was it was perfect because he wasn't a, a main eventer yet, so he was like really likable in the middle. And he used to write his own raps that he did before those matches. Yeah, that was all Stephanie. Yeah. Heel Heel Cena in early 03 was probably his best run. Aside from whatever he is now, he's probably like flair now. So I think it was one of the recent manias he came out as heel thugonomic Cena. It was against Rock, wasn't it? Nah, no, no, no. It was like a one of these one-off promos that he did, like a cameo. Uh, okay. And dude, the entire place erupted. I know he like, did a rap against Rock when he was feuding with him. I watched a little bit of that because I heard about it on Twitter. Um, but in 03, he feuded with like Matt Hardy and then Lesnar and then Undertaker and then he, and an angle and then he turned uh, to a good guy. Um, number nine for me is going to be Hollywood Hogan, the voodoo child Ooh. in WCW. Now, this was his heel song in WCW, but they used it when he turned face in the WWE, which kind of fucked it a little bit. Yeah, it did. But I just love... Also, I love Jimi Hendrix, so Jimmy Hendrix. this song in general, um, Voodoo Child, and it, it was perfect for him. It was weird because he didn't use the NWO theme all that often. It was really just Voodoo Child, but when you heard it, you knew it was him, and I thought it was a good song, and it fit his character, too. Oh, no. Oh. What are we at? Eight? Eight. I I panicked because I wrote it, but I don't understand my own handwriting, so I had to look at my other notes. <laughs> it's hieroglyphics. <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> it's like it says N and then scribble, <laughs> like a doctor. Okay. I don't have no idea. Um, Shinsuke Nakamura. Shut up. Number eight, dude. Here it is. We're. Joel, my my only modern competitor on my list is number eight, and it's him. Look at that. We still tied. That's Let's unbelievable. Go. Out of the plethora of songs that we could combine. That is three, unbelievable. With two organizations I, in different eras, we landed on the same one. I swear to God. Look at that. Shinsuke Nakamura. <laughs> yes. I swear. So uh, they play the this. At, um, the Golden Knights play this, actually, uh, sometimes Dude. after Goal Against. Really? And I shazammed it the one time. And I heard the song, and I was like, oh, Okay. And I looked it up, and then I watched Mania last year when he kicked AJ in the nuts or whatever. Mm -hmm. And that was, uh, and then I learned about that. When he comes out and there's like a live performer on the violin, it is way better than the actual. It's like, really? oh, so it's better than when Triple H had Motorhead and Lemmy couldn't remember the music. Oh, yeah, way better than that. <laughs> or way, the lyrics. Way better. Because it's like a solo for the violin to begin before the, the beat drops and he comes out. It's, it's a good song. It's epic. I could listen to that during a run or something. And then the fans into it where they're like, oh, like they go in. It's yeah. one of the better entrances. But that, that lives in my number eight as well as yours. Joel, we have definitely two songs in the top seven that we will both share. <laughs> my number seven is what you mentioned already, Evolution. Okay. Respect. What, 
What's yours? Good song. Oh, very good song. Number seven is Mr. McMahon. No chance. No chance. Dude, when that comes out. So you know that initially when he started doing matches, he didn't have music. He'd come out to nothing, right? Yeah, it came out to nothing. Royal Rumble 99 came out to nothing, but it was also the, I think that the song for the pay-per-view. Was it the 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 storyline with Austin where he would be yeah. like Juice of the Gills? Yeah, and the the song, yeah, he was definitely juiced. The song was used as the the uh, the pay per view theme because they used it because Austin had no chance to win, <laughs> and then he and then McMahon won the Rumble. <laughs> Vincent Kennedy McMahon, won and the then Rumble. it became the uh, the song for the corporation. I so Big Show's that. first theme was actually that. I gotta, I gotta see this air all over again. It brings back great memories. Worth it. Yeah. Listen uh, to the Attitude Era podcast. I'm telling you, I listened to it during uh, their COVID I'll start, shutdown. I'll, I'll definitely start uh, uh, listening to it. For sure. We're in a um, an advantageous spot because apparently when they were recording and releasing episodes, it was one every month. And right now they're all out, so you can just go listen to them and in order um you are also thinking about doing the patreon as well to, to see like I thought about it time. yeah i don't know if i really want to though ah. but there's not there's no podcast i like it's us one other one and then ae podcast and that's it attitude era podcast yeah, it's um, good stuff there's so many on there that's worth it where are we number six, six right? uh the rated r superstar edge that version metalingus i, I believe it's a kind of don't like that song Oh, Not for him. Day. I prefer the uh, the Rob Zombie one for him. That's also my era. I think yeah. I that one. Yeah. I, I wasn't really a true fan, but I got to listen to it again. But uh, what is your number six, sir? My number six is the Dudley Boys. The one that they used specifically in 2001. It was a Get the Tables. Not the not the um, Power Man 5000 one. It was a Hmm. It was it was called Get the Tables. You'll hear if you search it, you'll find it. You'll you'll know which one it was. I'll, I'll look for it right now. So okay, Dully Boys. What is it? Two thousand one ish. All right, let me see. Bum, 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 bum. That's what I remember them using. I remember them using that, and I remember them using um the one from Power Man five thousand or whatever. I mean, uh, it'd be great the, if I can listen to it, but there's like a forget the name. Second ad. That's that's love. Oh, look at that. There's a second one right behind it. Oh, nice. <laughs> you got to get ad block, my friend. I had it for a second. Did you? I haven't downloaded it on my new laptop yet. Coming now. Yeah. And also, it coincided with the um, with the, the, the fireworks. Yeah. When I first saw that, I was like, dude, what's going on? Here? I thought it was cool. <laughs> I never got the chance to be at a live. I only went to one live event. It was SmackDown, and they were on Raw, I think, at the time. <sighs> so the only pyro I saw was Booker T and the Big Show. Can you dig it? And maybe hardcore Holly. I forget. Someone else definitely had it. Oh. Oh, Kenzo Suzuki had Pyro. That's who it was. I thought I saw something. Did you find the theme? Oh, I found the theme. Okay. I I remember it vaguely. Vaguely. Yeah, good good song. Uh, number five, Brock Lesnar. Uh, pretty bad omission on my part. That hurts you in the in who has the yeah, list. If we have a poll for sure, if we can fit this all on a an Instagram story. Yeah, a classic song. Everybody oh, knows it. Um, you even said that was like one of your workout songs. It's yeah, yeah when I used to go to the gym, up. that was one of the songs I listened to. 
Um, <laughs> they use it on MMR sometimes, which is like the rock station in Philly. Oh, really? I believe it. I think it's either Jackson or um, Brent Porsche who does like late nights from time to time. He'll be talking to be like, hey, we got a block of this coming up, or we got uh, some steel tickets we're giving away, and we got tickets for this going away, and it'll just be playing in the background. Um, uh, number, what are we on, five? Yeah. Top I'm going to go with the original NWO theme. Dim, dim, dim. Yep. Which was apparently a bunch of samples from Hendrix. It sounds like it, too. Doesn't it? it does, now that you say it. I'm today's Supposedly. years old when I when you said that now. <laughs> I'm almost positive that's the uh, the case. Twitter is calling for Nick Foles to be, go to Jacksonville to back up tri- again. That's a terrible idea. <laughs> they use like the Dougie P Foles magic. What do they call it? Duval Duval. Yeah. <laughs> you want Jacksonville, Jacksonville? Yeah, Nick. We're down twelve points in week eighteen. We've got three wins on the season. Sure, go do it. Can you imagine that against the Colts? Oh, when did we just flew you want in? Indy, and Frank Indy. Reich? And that's that's another thing we forgot to mention. Frank yeah, Reich Frank versus Peterson for twice a year. Yeah, it should be fun. I can't wait for the AFC South. Um, where are we? Number four. Four. The Shield. Okay. Yeah, I heard Delta, the song the other day. Echo Lima Delta Shield. I was going to ask you. I heard words at the beginning of the song. I figured they were the acronym. Yeah, the acronym. I like uh, that. It was like Sierra Hotel, India Echo, oh, okay. Delta Shield. That's and cool. All three of them will come down from the top, from the top portion of these any stadium, and they will work their way down, hop over the barricade in their like tactical suits or gear, <laughs> and just do work. It was awesome. Interesting. It's a good look. It's awesome. Number four. Let's go for it. My last one that you will have. Stone Cold. <laughs> um, now, specifically, I guess, is the one he's known for. But the one from Disturbed wasn't bad because Disturbed I enjoyed his, his, his run as a, as a bad guy. And then he also had a couple when he was in the Alliance that were different that didn't have the, uh, the glass shattering. Yeah, there was like four, I thought they were pretty good. Four different versions of it? He had like six different. He had like really like six or eight different songs. He had a different one every week. Also, the one that he used before... The one that we all know, which was similar to it, but kind of like a prototype. If you listen to like Mania 13 or whatever, yeah. I think he used it. The original like Glass Shatters one. I think it's called, um, I don't know what it's called. It, I forget who cares. <laughs> it's late. Um, one of the more memorable uh, entrances for him was when they come out through the, through the entrance, the entire entrance was like covered in this black glass that said, I think 316 with a skull. Yeah. And then the glass shatters and then he comes running right Yeah, out. That was awesome. WrestleMania 13. Awesome. I guess Bret Hart. Probably my favorite match of all time. Oh, man. Be, oh, goodness. I got That'll be a, We'll do a top five in the future. Yeah. That, see, the, yeah. I think, we sh- I think we should have just scrapped everything for the first two hours and just focus on this fart. <laughs> <laughs> um, where are we? Number My number three, Kurt Angle. We've okay. already discussed it. Apropos, if not anything else, <laughs> go ahead. No, I'm sorry. No, you suck. I just, I just love it. That comes number on. three. What's your number three? Brood. <laughs> so the two we had reversed. Yes. <laughs> I was like, whoa, dude. 
dude, I, now that I think about it, I should have had the brute higher. It is nah, it's, classic. It's all personal preference. It's classic. It's a good snapshot of the era. If I'm not mistaken, did Christian get caught on fire when they exited <laughs> the Inferno? <laughs> Do you remember? Am I, am I high? Probably. That's where all of his hair went. No, not on top of his head, but like on the tail of his like oh, Probably. Probably. He was a dunce when he was caught, younger. I was like, oh, shit. It was Ed Christian and um and Gangrel, Gangrel, then Midian and Viscera and the yeah. Ministry of Darkness was awesome. Yeah, and then the corporate ministry was a sham. Don't get me started on that. Yeah. Um, it was me, Austin. Ah, oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> Number two, Triple H, the game. So one of my notable omissions. Oh, dude. So I know what your number one is going to be now. Oh, Don't say is- it. I also omitted him. The game, Triple yeah. H. It's a good song. H. It's it's so it's perfect for him. Yeah. I didn't really like it though. Oh, terrible. I liked his uh, the one he used before that one. My time. My time. I liked it perfect. <laughs> it was better for him because it wasn't actually his time. It's like John Cena. Your time is up. <laughs> My time is now. <laughs> What's your number two, sir? NWO Wolfpack. I have no idea the difference. Oh, that. listen, listen to it, bro. It's the best wrestling song of all time, except for my number one. <laughs> Wait a minute. So the Wolfpack was the cool group. They were the heels. It, they were and the red and they were the red ones. Staying with the red face paint. They were I, that was awesome. I remember having a backpack, and I specifically went for the red and black one, and it had the wolf on it. If I'm not mistaken, oh. there was like a wolf on it. Yeah, it was. I took care of that thing like it was gold. Everywhere I have a I went. Sixers. I have a Sixers shirt from the year they had Butler. I have two actually. I have one white and one red. And, and somebody made the NWO logo, but I think it was like a TTP logo, and it was Butler. Um, the and Bede. It was awesome. It was Butler Simmons and Bede. Brett Brown was like Bischoff with the mic. Somebody had a belt, bro. I'm telling you, it's the coolest shirt. I have a red one and a white one. I'm currently listening to it. It's great, isn't it? The wolf in the beginning. The wolf in the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> this sounds like West Coast music, like, like it, uh, it's a, it's like mid Dr. to late nineties. Yeah. Dun, 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 yeah, it's great. This is like East LA type of like West Coast. Conan had his fingerprints all over this. Oh, absolutely, point. he was in the group, so it makes sense. <laughs> That's funny. That's back when there were like 12 NWOs. But yeah, right? Except for Sting. Sting was the only one. And then there was the BWO. Well, Sting was in the in the uh, in the Wolfpack at one for point. For a second. Yeah. Right off. But they, just so they could sell um what was it called? Red, red Action paper. figures with the red face paint. <laughs> Tragic. That was so cool though. All right. Uh what was your number two again? The Wolfpack. Wolfpack. All right, of course, yeah. So number one for you. Stone Cold. So we both left The Rock off our list. Fuck The Rock, dude. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, your energy drinks suck. You've been Tequila, through this. So-so. Now, The Rock's... Uh, I'm sorry, we're not even talking about The Rock. Stone Cold. So I'm, I'm guessing it's the one that we all know. Yeah, the glass shadow. Just the standard one. Yeah. It's a classic. That comes on. is like, get off your seat. Uh-oh. Something's going to happen. Right. Did you know he, there was actually one particular person that was hired and employed by the company to throw him the beers from the crowd? 
No, I like it, it wasn't just like a, a thing that they did. Every, it was just one guy that was hired to do it. I thought it was uh, one of the ring announcers or like Lillian who just that, That's it. what I thought. Or <laughs> I always thought it was like a fan early on. And I was like, oh, it's got to be Lillian or or someone. Just fan. Why are fans throwing them? It, why, why, why? First of all, why aren't they open if a fan has it? Secondly, how do they know Stone Cold was coming out? And then I realized, okay, they hired somebody to do it. His program with Vince for all those years with the milk, the milk truck, I believe, <laughs> and Kurt Angle. The, the Miller White truck. Bro. Awesomeness. Yeah. <laughs> you're number one. I'm very ne- curious. Never going to guess it. Is it WWE or WCW? It's WWF, late 90s. He was around for three years, and he was a real fighter. Oh. Well, now that you said that, Ken Shamrock or, or Steve Blackman. Ken once. Shamrock is my number one theme of all time. The tragedy behind this. Let me see this. Ken this Shamrock. Came up, this came up in one of the the top, and I just bypassed it completely. Oh, man. So you it's talk perfect. about it as I listen. Late 90s, it was just great. And when you heard the song, you knew the guy walking down the ramp meant business. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and it was perfect. You can also put... um. Who was the other one? Dr. Death, I think, had a good song. And then um, someone else, Dr. Death, Steve Williams, and then someone else had a really good one. Um, who's the guy that used to fight? He had a mustache. Steve um, Williams. Is that who it was? There was... Um, Steve Blackman. Shit. I'm, gonna find this real quick. I'm sorry, I gotta find the list real quick. That's not bad. I, I don't mind it. I don't mind it at all. Uh, we did miss Goldust, though. Yeah. Um... I'm gonna find the uh Carlito we missed. I spit in the face of people who are not to want to be cool. Yeah, uh, Fireman Joe suggested uh, Eddie Guerrero. I forgot him. I didn't really. He had a handful of ones. The Latino Heat one was good. JBL. Um, yeah. Um. The the Radicals had a good one too. The Headbangers. Um, I love the Headbangers. Um. It's gonna be Kane. Kane. I'm trying to find the the name of this guy. He was a um. Christ, I can't remember this guy's name. He had a mustache, and he was in the um. He was in the Federation, like the late '90s. The heck was this guy's name? I'm pretty sure it's Steve Blackman, dude. No, it's a different guy. He, He he basically was Steve Blackman. Uh, oh, Butterbean. No. <laughs> the freaking. Oh, the Godfather we didn't mention? The yeah, Godfather. Train. Uh, I'm never going to find Oh, my goodness. Well over two hours, but well worth it. <laughs> I agree. I'm telling you, one of these podcasts, we're going to do a solo wrestling podcast episode and it'll probably go five hours it'll be i'll date back to our first few episodes of this podcast his name is dan severn that's who i'm thinking of the mma fighter dude yeah dan he was severn? In, he had a really good song it was similar to uh shamrocks oh my god yeah godfather's a good one i can't forget i can't believe i forgot him i forgot he was a wrestler godfather i left off um so rikishi belongs over here too cool um and then uh yeah, that's basically all I can think of. I'm sure we'll have a top 50 list at some point. Uh, Sandman. <laughs> yeah, well, he used a real... He actually used real music, though. Yeah. Metallica, I believe, right? 
Yeah, so did Dreamer. Tommy Dreamer. He used uh, Alice in Chains. Uh, this was fun, Rob. It was. I mean, episode I, uh, 39 gets smacked in as one of the all-time best. Just because of luckily, 15. I am recording the event that you asked to watch. Hopefully, you can watch it on your phone. Oh, yes, I will try. Using my Xfinity login. Sixers are playing right now. Yeah, they are playing Dallas. Dallas. I think Thigh will have the first basket. Oh, did you hit? No. I got it. They, they always tweet, whoever it was, and they said uh, Texas Tease. So I'm guessing he had the first basket. Um, I, I think Curry's back. Curry should be. Uh, the Nets are currently losing too. I think down by, by twenty one. I think Harden's getting dealt before the tenth because oh, it I, was like middle of the day. Harden was listed as out already. So that and then the whole rumor of him and and redacted in the trade talks. I'm like, yeah, oh, something's in the works. Actually, the Sixers didn't start yet. They just posted a picture of T. Stival. They should be tipping off shortly. I'm actually going to watch the NHL skills competition and then also watch the opening ceremonies for the Olympics. Pretty stoked about both of those. Should be fun. I'm going to go and watch this wrestling and a little yes. bit of... Uh, let me see, what else is... Considering we didn't know what we were going to talk about, I think we uh, we nailed it. After 24 hours of like, oh, I don't know yeah. what we're going to talk about. That's my favorite top list we've done so far. Oh, dude, it's nice is... living like a little bit of like a memory lane type of thing. Nostalgia is a beautiful then... thing. During the summer, we'll probably dive a little bit more into it. I'll have to definitely read up on my history. I still have a lot of stuff in my brain, but I'm I need to access it better. So I need to like refresh it completely. Yeah, I was not even there for most of it too. I want to dust off my PS2 and play. Uh, Shut your mouth. <laughs> WrestleMania 2000 is the best video game of all time. I thought No Mercy was. <sighs> WrestleMania 2000. Uh, Shut your mouth is my favorite one. That's N64 for you too. There, yeah. Shut bad. your mouth is my favorite. Oh, it's been a while. I got to play some wrestling games. Same. The new ones are trash. I heard. So I got the PS5. I thought about buying it. Don't. And it, I, I read online it was terrible. So just a waste of 70 bucks, probably. Sounds about right. Well, Rob, uh, where can the listeners find us? On so you can social? find us on Instagram at PA underscore turnpod or email us PA turnpod at gmail.com. Uh, at some point, we will have a, a YouTube, but for now, Audio is the only way to find us, yeah. um, which probably for the best. Um, <laughs> By the end of these, we're like defeated. Yeah. And I'm usually cold, so. Yeah. Um, but let's see. If you want to come on the pod, reach out to us. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about the uh, the big game next week. Apparently, you can't say the uh, the SB term anymore because it's like trademarked. So they say the big game on the radio. Pro Football 56, I think is what it's called on FanDuel. Um, <laughs> talk a little bit about that next week. We'll figure something else out. Yeah. Um, but until Episode then, 40. I know the big 4 0. Damn. That's crazy. What a ride. What a ride. It's been four months already, right? Five months. August is when we started. Yeah. yeah. Holy smokes. Well, uh, we'll see you out next week, guys. Have a safe and a happy, fun weekend. For sure. And uh, we'll catch you. Yeah. Peace. Yeah, talk to your families. There's no football this weekend. Yeah, for sure. Talk to them. (laughs) (laughs) Get to know them a little bit. (laughs) All right, guys. We'll see you next week. See you later.